and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to Best in the House Podcast, Best of 2023 Special. Hope all you, hope all you watching this show having a happy year. Our first clip up is the time Tad Bob join us for our Super Bowl preview special. We're being joined by the great Reverend Bob Levy. Bob, thank you so much for being with us today. You really are the prettiest girl to dance. Uh, you know, you. I know you're being pulled everywhere these days, so I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with us for a couple of minutes. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Bo, when I think of sports, I think of Bobo. I swear to God, there's nobody that knows. He's at the games. He's, you know, he knows the games. He knows everything. Got to be here with you guys. Yeah, exactly. Today, I I, I'm, I, I happen to be, be, be at, at a Stevie, Stevie Lou's place, and... I found some stuff here. I found uh, I found this uh, white stuff here, and I found this. Uh, I think I might. I think I might, I think I might have to call. I might think. Think I gotta gotta call. Gotta call. Uh, gotta call. Uh, gotta call. Uh, this maybe use some some of this to call. Maybe make a call to JetBlue because I might need need to book a little little trip to the south. Nice. <laughs> a little vacation in the south. All right, that, that sounds about right. What are you thinking, Mexico with all that kind of money and, and, and the mm. drug paraphernalia? Mm. Uh, I might. Uh, I'm just. I'm just gonna. I, gotta, I don't know, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna use this for two. For 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 two for for two. Two place trip. Uh, Mex the, the 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 southeast, then hit it, then then maybe maybe take a little trip to Mexico. There you go. <laughs> Live it up, buddy. That's how you do it. That's how you yep, do it. Yep, yep, yep. On this little spare cash that was found here at Stevie's place. Hey, if he left it laying around, it's it's basically yours. He doesn't really want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that, why that, that falls under the that falls under the finder's keeper law of America, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just tell Stevie Lou, hey, thanks, hey, thanks for the, the thanks for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know bob before we really get started too mm -hmm. i just want to say that you guys are killing it over there on the shuli network uh loving everything you guys Thank are putting you. out and how was DabbleCon last week i know it was a little cold but you guys looked like you were having a great time it really was a great time it was just like everything went the way it was supposed to the people that came were just great the club owner, it was great. The people that worked, it was great. It was just, we had so much fun. It was like, it was like a, a mini vacation to Alaska, it felt like. But it, <laughs> it was still good. Even though it was that cold, we still had a lot of fun. And people came out to the coldest place you can basically be. So that means we're going to be doing stuff a lot of places, having fun. No doubt about it. People have been, you know, raving about that, especially on, you know, the Dabblers Anonymous Reddit and everything and mm -hmm. uh, all over Twitter. People are loving what you guys are doing. And uh, and, and me, too. You you killed it last night, too, by yourself for yeah. two hours without the coffin. That was hilarious. It, it, Thank you. I don't understand. N nobody else could sit, you know, looking at a chat for two hours and make it, you know, must watch TV. 
it's something I'd done that a while ago on Twitter when they had what is it? Periscope used to be on there years ago, right? Yeah. And I used to just go on there by myself and just like whatever I wanted to talk about, I talk about and then people add stuff and it just keeps going. It's just a, it's a fun way to do it. And then there's two bobs there and I argue with myself. Now I brought that back. So and I, and I have other characters I will be bringing in probably next week. <laughs> well, it's definitely always amazing. I love the, uh, the arguments with Bob arguing with himself and, uh, you know, be before we get started with the football too, I mm -hmm. know you're a big, uh, Rangers fan. Uh, yeah. you know, I was cracking up last week when you were saying, um, that if you're rooting against me, then it's like rooting against the 94 Rangers. And mm -hmm. I, I th that's a hundred percent true, by the way, because you're both winners. And yeah. do, do, do you still follow the Rangers closely? I do. Uh, probably like half the season I get back into it like fully. And, and like, you know, at the beginning you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's like too busy. I'm doing stuff, but the playoffs, I try not to miss because I think it's the most exciting thing in sports, hockey playoffs. And you just get into it. You you pick your team. You know, I'll always want the Rangers to do good, to win it. But, like, whatever series it is, I pick a team that I like. I like I like Edmonton. You know, I always liked Edmonton when I was young. I always used to be a, a Minnesota North Star fan when I was growing up and playing hockey. And then they left. It, it's just – it sucks when your team lo uh, leaves because then you, like – then I was like, I ah, like the Rangers, you know, started watching them in the seventies and late seventies and that eighties. And it's just, it's just fun there. There's no, there are like great crowds in hockey, but there's nothing like the garden. I think when they're home and they're, they're doing good because the fans come out then because they'll leave you and the fans will leave you. If you don't put out a good team, it's like Philadelphia. The, they suck uh, the flyers and you can get, you know, tickets, you can get really close tickets for like $30 each now. It's just, it's horrible how they ch change the prices of the tickets uh, depending on how good your team is. And it, it should be a set thing, basically. Yep, that that and the Ticketmaster fees. Oh. oh, I cannot stand the Ticketmaster surcharges. The, the surcharges, venue fee, mm. uh, the purchase fee, uh, I don't know, uh, a performer fee, fee yeah. fight, full fun fee, and because we can fee. Exactly. And the parking, you have to, it's like, it's like 20 something dollars for, you know, like the, uh, the flyers and the basketball team. Uh, I can imagine the Eagles, you know, like yeah, they watch a, a football. I'd rather be home watching it. Hockey's great to see if you, you know, if you want to get into hockey again, like if you look at it, if you look, when you play hockey, you, you can watch it every second. And when you stop for a while, you're like trying to get away from it. But then when you go to a game again, you're hooked on it because it's amazing to see it. It doesn't look as easy as it does on TV when you're there. <laughs> and they're a lot bigger than you would think that they are, which is it's amazing to see and to hear the ice like, you know, when they're skating on it. It's just sick. It's true. And, the you know, you're sitting right there, especially on the ice level. You know, you, you don't realize how big that is. It seems small on your TV, but and mm -hmm. you see how big those guys are, too, and how fast they move. It's <laughs> yeah, I remember go, I remember when the Islanders were big in uh, like 80, uh, 78, 79, uh, 90, 79, 80, 81 or something like that. And uh, 
I remember my friend had his father worked for a bank and he had, uh, you know, really good tickets. And we were in like the second row next to the Islanders fence on the side. And you're walking down looking at the steps. I remember the first time I went there, you're walking down watching and you don't fall and you you look up and they're huge. Like Gillies is like, <laughs> was huge. Even Nystrom, you know, and all of them bossy. It was just amazing to see it that close. And it just, it brings you in. Like, like football, like the weather sucks if you're outside. You know, you don't want to. It's just a pain in the ass. You, know, you love the games, even though I went to the Eagles Atlanta game when they, they won in the playoffs years back. Uh, and it was me and Joe Matarese when it was probably zero degrees standing on cement. You know, and we were like the back of the front. You know, we were the back of the first section all the way up, you know, but we were on like cement and you could stand it and it just went through you. But it's, it's exciting. But it's like to sit out there. It's like it's freezing. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And it's, it's not like a hockey game where at least you're inside and, you know, away from the elements and everything. But did, did you grow up as an Eagles fan? No, no, I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm a, a, an Eagles fan. You know, once again, I was a Baltimore Colts fan and they left. So I lost that team. You know, you just don't go with. So now I just I, I you know, you root for you want Philly to win this. But, you know, when they lose, it's kind of funny because the, <laughs> the fans here are so bad. I mean, I love to listen when they lose and you, the sports shows out here and the people are just like. Oh, it's over. It's uh, they suck, and and then they win one game, and it's like, oh, it's gonna be back. They're back, and it's just like back each week. You're just laughing at the the way that because the fans are crazy here. But I I think they're yeah, gonna I, win this game. I I have this weird tradition I do during the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. After the Super Bowl, I'll try to listen to the police scanner of the city of the team that wins. I love just that. to hear what what goes on while this while all this. Craziest how how they're handling it. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and it's you, gonna be bad in Philly if they win. You know they're just they're maniacs. I, I, I remember I remember a tw I remember a few things that happened that I was kind of joking about. I remember yeah. when uh one thing I had heard they were apparently giving out free beer at the parade. I said, yeah, free beer. I don't know. yeah like because because that's a good idea. The other thing I saw. Parties tweeted on their actual Twitter page. They said, free breakfast sandwiches on parade day, but the location needs to be still standing. <laughs> well, that's what it is. People get carried away, you know, especially when they win. And it's like, there was some guy uh, that uh, they won the, uh, the last game and he was on one of the poles and he got naked and it was so cold. He didn't. It didn't even look like he had a day, and he has to live like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, With that yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's the shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was even a video I saw after the NFC Championship game that I saw. I guess some people were jumping up atop a bus shelter, and oh, yeah. the bus shelter collapsed. And I said, "Yeah," I said, "I hope you guys know uh, the, that that you're going. Not only are you going to be paying your bit." Some expensive medical bills for that celebration is going to be a little bit expensive because your medical bills. Hope you know your tax your your tax dollars are going to be paid to repair that bus shelter. Yeah, or they're <laughs> going to make them pay for it. You know, you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should make they should make them pay for it. Yeah, because I remember uh, <laughs> those things are expensive. Yeah, years ago, if you were in a car accident, you hit a pole and you knocked a pole or broke a pole on a telephone poles, you had to pay for it. 
But that was years ago in New York and Staten Island. I remember that. That that makes sense, too. You know, you do some damage like that, too. At least, uh, you know, it's coming out of your pocket. You'd be less, you know, inclined to do stuff like that. Exactly. That's what it is. You have to set examples. Otherwise, people just run amok. Yep. I I imagine I imagine insurance. I imagine if they win the Super Bowl, I imagine insurance is going to go up through the roof on anyone who owns a car over there. Well, that's what I'm sure that. I mean, if I had a business, I probably wouldn't open that day, you know, because it is going to be, this is going to be a big one. This would be a big one. You know, they already got the first one a uh, few years back, and that was pretty amazing. But this is a team that people actually said they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I was like, no way. And I, I didn't realize it until they started playing. The first game I was against Detroit, I was like, nah, this ain't going to happen because it was too close against Detroit. And then uh, I'm like, okay, they got something here. They're really good. As long as their offensive line stays, uh, you know, tough and not get hurt, I think it's going to be a pretty – I think they're going to – pretty much have the go- the game in control by the third quarter but it might get a little close at the end but it's going to it's not going to be one of those at the end games I don't think yeah it's uh you know the the Eagles I agree with you too it, it really didn't seem like it was uh, destined for the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year but they mm-hmm. just got better and better and better every week I mean w- when you look at the the stats too the stats don't lie they had the second most sacks in the history of the NFL through the regular yeah. season, only to, I think, the 84 Bears. Oh, wow. And, you know, when, when you're getting in that territory, the, the 80s Bears and everything, you're doing something right. Oh, yeah. No, it's amazing. I did not want Kansas City. For some reason, I'm sick of them. To me, they're like the Golden State Warriors when they were in every year. It was just yep. too much. It's like, I mean, I like when a – it's not like a team grows into like the Islanders back then or the Oilers. They, you know, they, it wasn't all these, I'm picking up these guys, picking up these guys like Golden State. And, and that's what I don't like about basketball. They just like people take less money to go to a team to make it into the championship. It's not, you don't build a team anymore in certain sports, which I, that's why I, I always hated Golden State. I just don't want them to win. And like Kansas City is a team that, I, I'm tired of seeing them. You know, I mean, Andy Reid is good coach, horrible father, like I always say. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing the other day when you you said that uh, if Patrick Mahomes loses the Super Bowl, he should get adopted by Andy Reid. <laughs> it would be brutal. I mean, he wouldn't last long. But I mean, look, he's doing good. To, I mean, it's it's a good team, but I don't think he's going to be able to. Uh, he'll he'll only be able to throw one way you know, going to the right, but to the left that he's not going to be able to even get around the corners. I think he's that he's going to get hurt a little more and it's just going to, it's going to stall him totally. And he's not coming out. So if they can get him limping, it's big trouble. You'll, you'll see right away. We'll see how he is, man. He could be, he could not feel anything. They're probably shooting his leg up with, with everything. So he's, he doesn't feel anything. He's got a whole year now. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I I had a feeling that this game could that could go could go that way with depending on uh depending on Mahomes' health and like what 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 you guys said if he if he's limping it looks like it's pretty gonna, much going to be a one sided game. Yeah, because they'll be running more. They'll be throwing 
shorter passes. He's not going to try to make those big, uh, you know, plays going to the one side and then throwing it. He's it's not going to be able. He can't. If he can't run, he really can't plant, and it's just going to be different. And even you know, two turnovers by any team is gonna is gonna kill them. I think, uh, but especially Kansas City, they basically can't make a mistake against the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. And you know, with with Patrick Mahomes, uh, especially that offensive line is a little banged up. So you get guys like Hassan Reddick getting in that yeah. backfield. He's in trouble. And, you know, with the Eagles, you have Lane Johnson look like he's got a couple of weeks to get healthy now. So mm-hmm. as long as they're able to, you know, protect that pocket and yeah. keep, you know, Hurts straight up this game, then it, it, it really should be a slam dunk the Eagles winning this thing. Yeah, because basically you got you're looking at a third down and two or three where a quarterback can just take off after, a, you know, faking a pass or whatever. And. I mean, can Kansas City do that now with him? I mean, it changes the game if he can't move. It really does. This is it, and the Eagles' defense is really good. And I mean, I I think they're going to be sending them. I think that you're going to be you're going to see a lot. They got to be all over him. And you know, the Eagles always go, they'll go for it on fourth down uh, a lot in a certain situation if they're close enough, even just close enough. If they're at the forty of Kansas city, they'll probably go for it on like uh fourth and one or two. And, and because the, the chances are, they're going to get it the way that they do it. You know, even if it's one yard, they just get behind him and fucking push him, And, and he just runs it up the quarterback. It's just, it, it just works. Yeah, no doubt about it. And especially with a coach like Sirianni, you know, what do you guys think of uh, Nick Sirianni as a head coach? I know it's only his second year, but, Man, he has taken this team to new heights this season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah go ahead, Bobo. Me, 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 I think I think the guy's done it. He's probably done a wonderful job. I mean, he's 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 doing what I hope maybe in maybe in in, in two years. I hope the state he's brought my Giants to that. I hope my Giants are, go go to that same state. What I'm hoping with the with the Brian Dayball that that's what I'm seeing here is an example of that. Mm-hmm. What I'm hope what I'm hoping we. But I'm hoping my Giants will be in a cup in a year or two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's playing. He's taking chances, and you know, it's, it, they they really haven't backfired too much, you know. So it's been happening, and when he when he calls these plays, and uh, I'm looking, I'm telling you, I'm looking for. It's going to be right off right off the bat. Uh, if Philly gets the ball first, they are going to score. I I think they will score at least a field goal. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting uh, thing that you just said there, too, because there's, I, you know, I know you were talking about it on uh, Kumi's show mm-hmm. the other day with uh, Gino, all the, you know, p- crazy props they've got going. Yeah. But the uh, th- there were a couple that I did like. One of the ones that you mentioned was the uh, two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do you – I think the odds that they're going to run a two-point conversion at some point in this game are pretty high, right? Yeah, I would say they're definitely going to be one. You know, it's it's hard to call it, but it depends on, you know, missing an extra point and all that, and then trying to get it. You know, but uh, but I think you know, and and the extra point can actually take the team, make it a two score thing, and it's really hard to you know you got to once you see the game and you're like okay now I see it's going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> but but there is so many weird picks like 
I mean, uh, a kickoff return is almost impossible to say. Because yeah, most of the days, time, right. yeah. And that sucks because that was an exciting time of the game when it's starting and the crowd is like, whoa, you hear that when they're, they're going to kick it. But it, it, the excitement is gone now. You basically know it's going to go in the end zone. Yeah, most kickoffs end up being touchbacks. And that's actually one of the other props that I was looking up that mm-hmm. if the, the first kickoff goes for a touchback, which is, uh, you know, the, the odds are heavy yeah. favorite that's going to be a touchback because of the, you know, all the rule changes the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it just kills the game. You know, it, it kills the game for me at the beginning of the game. It, it's, it's, it, it's just not the same. I, I think if you put them playing on regular grass and the regular weather, you don't, you, you can only go to speed. You can go. And not as many people getting hurt. You put them in indoors. You you put them on astroturf. It just it changes everything. The speed is to you know football wasn't made to be played in perfect places. Yeah, it's true. It's a, a you know most of the time you get it looking like the uh, mud ball back in the day, and uh, you know or like that eighty one Jets Dolphins championship game yeah. where they completely had the entire field covered in mud. And but it's uh, great. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, one other prop bet that I saw that I was laughing my ass off at was, and this is a real prop bet. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger before the end of the Super Bowl broadcast? <laughs> the, the no is minus 2,500, and yes is plus 880. <laughs> my God. So they're going to follow him around and keep an eye on him? Yeah, I guess they're going to have a camera on him at all times to see if he sneaks a cheeseburger in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, guess they're going to have a camera on that. I'm, I, if I'm correct, I'm pretty much sure you could even bet on the Super Bowl, on the set list on a halftime show at this rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and how long is that going to be? That's going to be at least 30 minutes, right? And Yeah, it's yeah. going to at least be 30 minutes. And, and, and by the like way, if, if, if you're planning on watching the halftime show – do yourself a favor, go on YouTube, go on MLC podcast, yeah. check out Bob Levy, Kevin Brennan, Chad Zumach, because I know you guys are going to be having a much more entertaining show than, you know, whatever Rihanna is doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm I'm also I also got to say I'm probably also probably going to go to the bathroom during a halftime show. That's so <laughs> that's a, I I actually said to anyone, if you're at the stadium, that's a perfect time to go. To go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be, you know, I I can see if it's the Who, if it's Paul McCartney, even the Foo Fighters would be great. You know, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would actually not go to the bathroom. I would, I would literally pull, I would literally put my phone on the shelf in the bathroom because I had, I had the little app through the cable company so I could put the feed of the game. And just uh, place it on the shelf and, uh, what, what, and, take a look at the thing on the phone while I'm on the, while I'm on the, while I'm on the, while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his halftime planned. I like that. Uh, that, that, that. That's if that was a, if it was an act I wanted to see, but in yeah. this case, it's going to, in this case, it's not going to be that the phone will still be on the little thing there, there by, by the living room as they go, as I, as I probably go to the bathroom and grab and grab more food. No, but that's what it is. And the food, like, you know, we're still trying to think what we're going to do here. We yeah, might go, uh, to a seafood place, get some shrimp, get some uh, other stuff, and then get like 
I, I like the big sandwich ideas, you know, when I get a big sandwich and just have fun with, with that. Yep, yep. You can't, can't go wrong with the giant foot long Italian hero. No, you really can't. I mean, that's what the only difference is you can't get the like the bread is soft to here. I, I like the when I live in Staten Island, I used to love the, you know, the hard seeded bread and you get a good yeah, sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I know what you mean. I always, another thing I always have to say about the Super Bowl, my uh, our spread. My mom, we, every year my mom makes a, the, she, she makes this chili and okay. it, it's always the thing with me that I can't have Super Bowl Sunday without eating my mother's chili. There was even one point uh, I went to a Super Bowl party and I ate that chili for lunch before I left to head out to the, to a Super Bowl party in Long Island once. Yeah, no, it, it, that's good. How's your mom doing? She's doing good? Yeah, she, she's doing good. She's pushing yeah. through, through all the, all the. All the little difficulties, things yeah. that they have to deal with as a result of some, yeah, some, some things that have been happening to her. But she's she's pulling, she's trying to pull through. That's all you got to do. You push forward. You get to yeah, the yeah. end. Yeah, know. and I got and I got and I got to give a credit to my dog also for helping for 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 helping out my mom because yeah. I, I feel I feel like sometimes my my dog also helps my mother as well. Oh yeah, that's I'm moral support. Oh yeah, there's nothing like a pet, you know what I mean? That's what I I lost three of them over three years, and now I got one left from the original pack, and uh, it, it it's it's the hardest thing when you lose them, but it, the time that you have with them is just incredible. So you try try not to get too sad, but it's it's heartbreaking, you know. Yep, and and I know for sure my dog's probably gonna sit on the couch as he always does when as I always let him do when whenever somebody's sitting on the couch at my house that's yeah. like his cute that's like his his little signal that he's he takes a spot in the couch if someone's on it sitting on the couch oh yeah he sits <laughs> on his little he sits he goes to his little corner of the couch no it, it's great i mean that's why i like super bowls like uh you know i'd rather be watching it at home then because too much happens like even super bowl parties when you have a big one at your house or something or somebody's house there's too much babbling going on there's too many it, it gets thrown off and and then you know like a lot of times women will walk in front of the tv and not you know what i mean like they and they'll yeah, start exactly. talking and it's like <laughs> You don't Especially want with the women, you're right. You're right. That inane babble and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. There, there, there was one time I went to a Super Bowl, as yeah. as 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 you, as you as you know, Kramer. I was yes. at four, I was at I was at Super Bowl forty six, Indianapolis. Wow. That 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 was that was a that was a fun that was a fun one to to, to be at. Also, also, I had to say, it was warmer than expected when I was in Indianapolis. It was like in the fifties and stuff. Right. Like I. I, I was expecting because I know I, I know plenty of people from from Indiana. I got some friends up there. I was I was expecting I was expecting it to be cold and everything like the I, I packed for winter weather and it was in it was in the it was in the fifties. Of course, the game that the stadium that stadium was an indoor venue, but I I, I was I, I was enjoy, I was enjoying it be, being being at that Super Bowl it was a, it was definitely a fun time. And Bob, I'll tell you a little insight that. Mm -hmm that sometimes you don't little things you don't really know about when you're when you're at the Super Bowl. As you know, when your team wins, you want to go to buy the merch. Of course, unfortunately we don't have Models, so you kinda of have to do that online now. You don't, you don't have Models anymore. But back then we saw Models. But I was thinking at first I was thinking of maybe just call texting my mom mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, uh, since they might sell out by the time I get back I get back to Queens, uh, 
do you, you mind, Shannon, my, my sister stopping by Modell to make sure to get the get the birch and get the copy of the Daily News so I could frame the Daily News, oh, yeah. which she did, which she did because I knew the Daily News would sell out, so I had that to frame it. But I knew, well, I I re, I got word that the the shirts and the hats, the merch was going to be sold was going to be sold at at the stadium as soon as they wanted. So I bought. I bought the stuff as soon as soon as they wanted. I bought. I was able to buy the stuff at the at a at the at stadium. That's cool. And, and and of course the newspaper. Thanks thanks to my mother, I got the newspaper on my way home. Also, <laughs> also I do have to give a little nod to uh, give a little nod to my to 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 good pal Eastside Dave. On this on that on the way to the Super Bowl, as you as you know, Robert, we were listening to Eastside Dave's Super Bowl song in the plane as the plane's taxiing. Me and a friend, me and a friend of mine, a fr- my friend who invited me to go with him on a trip, we were singing along to Eastside Dave Super Bowl song, <laughs> and a couple people on the plane were dancing. Like they were, they were, they were loving it. They were digging it. Yeah, well, that's what it is. People enjoy, you know what I mean. It's a good thing to get on a plane with people that are going somewhere. Like even with wrestling, I see when like when WrestleMania comes and you're at the airport going anywhere, you see people dress up. They got belts and all that. Like, like it, it's like you know, they, it's going to be a party for them, you know. And it, it's exciting, you know. I wish the tickets were not, you know, it's there. They were over probably about forty eight hundred for the cheapest ticket, and that didn't wow. include anything for the Super Bowl. Like, you know, you got the parking, you got what the food would be, you know, because it's re- they just up all the prices. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I don't like about when you watch like the Yankees or the Mets get into the, you know, deep into the playoffs, you look in the behind home plate and you see like a woman with a fur coat and she's on her phone the whole time. You need your fans there and not just people that have money. You need people that's going to, you know, get the, the pop that you need when you're on the field, but it's yeah, just exactly. it's you need, you laid need, back. You need people like me. Yeah. <laughs> you're you know, right. You're right. You know, people that it, go, it makes a big difference. Yeah, the people that go during the season should get the first tickets. You know, they they should because you want the fans there, and it's like it hurts you. It hurts you when your fans aren't. You know, you they just they're not loud. They're not like into a game like they should be. And when you watch it on TV, you're like, this is wrong. This is so wrong. That's true. It's true, man. Well, you know, Bob, we've taken up a lot of your time at, but be, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. I do want to. Uh, Give, uh, you know, just a little prediction. What do you think the final score of the game is going to be? I think it's going to be 34 to 27. 34 20. Okay. Yeah. But so I, easily covering the spread. Well, I I picked uh, that they would cover the spread. They would uh, the spread and and the over, but you know, like Garrett said, he goes their averages are l- below the uh, the over. So it does seem like it probably could be under. So I mean, it's a tough one there, but uh, the pick might be uh, Philadelphia and the under. That might be the pick that. Uh, wins people a lot of money all right i definitely like that pick and, and, and how about you dan i think it could it could go uh 20 20 uh 27 uh six eagles wow as, as wow, much as I, blowout 
as much as I as much as I as much as I cringe saying that the <laughs> the, the, the Eagles winning, but that's it could be that. I also predict that the Empire State Building Twitter account, if the Eagles win, they'll probably find a way to private their 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 account because if you remember after the NFC Championship game, I think every Giants fan on Twitter was was outraged seeing seeing a New York landmark lit up in Eagles the colors of a rival. I can't believe they did that. That is crazy. Yeah, it definitely took a lot of balls from the Empire State Building. And, <laughs> and you know, just to, to jump on with you guys, I think the Eagles are going to win too. But I'm thinking it's going to be 34-31. So I'm, I'm actually looking at the over. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's right, It's going to be right around it. I mean, I mean, I picked probably over, but I have a feeling it might go under when Garrett said that the, this is their average. And, I mean, that's you got to put that in because this is what they averaged the whole year. And uh, a lot of people that think, you know, you don't know if Mahomes is really hurt. I mean, they may not score, you know, that much. You know, they may not. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Bob. And, uh, you know, hey, Bob, look, I, I want to uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you you really are the best at everybody make sure to follow bob on twitter at levy sir yeah. check him out uh you know on levy land mlc podcast miserable men the bs show uncle rico everything on the uh the shuli network. network you know yeah. i loved what i really loved what you guys did with jim uh florentine yesterday the road stories yeah uh a lot of fun watching all that stuff so please support bob and bob is there anything that they, that you want to plug before you get out of here uh no that's it just check us out on uh super Bowl half halftime show on mlc podcast on youtube and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's, it's gonna yeah, be a crazy day I, I i might i might have to set that up on my phone during the halftime on the shelf in the bathroom during it <laughs> absolutely yeah. I, yeah, it's the best thing about the youtube app <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly I get, i'll take and i'm using the shelf to in the bathroom to my advantage because it's right it's right facing like in front of the toilet, the way the way my bathroom's set up. Nice. So. <laughs> and I also, and we also got to say also thank thanks to uh, thanks to Steve, Steve Stevie Lou for helping oh, yeah. to, to do this little setup for for today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you to the great Stevie Lou. Thank you to the great Bob Levy for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us, Bob. You got it. Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Well, welcome back to Best Seat in the House podcast, Best of 2023 special. That that clip was definitely a, that was definitely a fun memory reliving the time we had Bob Levy on our show. That man, that man's one of the greatest greatest guys I know, not only as a comedian as a person. And it was just a lot of it was a lot of fun for him to be the first the first the very first comedian we've ever had on our show. Our next clip is another. Is, Stars another great person I've had had the luck of being on shows and working with. I'm talking about the time we had Eastside Dave join us as a guest on the on my birthday. Merlin and of course our special guest today, Eastside Dave McDonald. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for joining the show today. Well, thank you, Rob, and thank you both uh, Daniel Bobo Curlin and Rob Kramer, greatest sports hosts in the land. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, of course, I'm representing my show, the Dave Mac Sports Program. I, I, I hope this, we're at odds with each other. <laughs> no, this, this is definitely not a podcast show, war. 
Okay. Because if we are at odds with each other, um, Roy, my uh, harder, my co-host, knows a few people who could have you guys killed. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Hey. There's, there's no, no, no problems here. Me and Rob, me and Robert actually watch your shows. Oh, you actually do. You, you, so you do. You're our audience. <laughs> I'm trying to find the uh, pair of uh, audience members that we've had. Cheers. Okay. Absolutely, man. And, you know, obviously, uh, me and Bo are both big-time Davidians. So, you know, we definitely dedicate ourselves. And, uh, and, and by the way, Dave, love the new Patreon. Um, it's, it, it's, it's really awesome. I, I love all the, uh, you know, all the content coming out. I'm, I'm really pumped up about this new uh, SiriusXM show that you've got coming out. And uh, um, that should be unveiled on patreon.com slash promise before the end of April. And while we're certainly cutting close, um, I can officially announce that the first episode is in the can. And I am extremely hopeful that it will be released on Friday, uh, April 28th. Wow. Okay. So, so this Friday, everybody, uh, keep your eyes open for that. That's going to be an awesome show, no doubt about yeah. it. Basically, people have always been, you know, like I've gotten tons and and just people throughout the year commenting or asking questions about my time either on Ron and Fez or OPN crossover or or Sam and Dave show or the on Sirius. And so we decided, you know what? Why not just do an actual retrospective show? And have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be uh, this first episode starts with the infamous storyline where I smashed it, culminated in smashing uh, Fez's face into pizza. People <laughs> were uh, very upset. And it's going to be a two part episode, I believe. We uh, we go all the way up to the, uh, the pizza getting uh, smashed into Fez's face. And then we're going to have a second part. But the first part should be up on Friday, April.com slash Eastside Dave. We're very excited. Oh, that's going to be amazing. And you were definitely quite the heel during that little storyline there. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was considered a real piece of garbage. I, 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 actually, I actually have a little story about Eastside Dave. The first time I ever saw Eastside Dave on, sort of on stage in person. Way back you. when you guys, way back when you guys were at 11157 Street, I went, to, I went to an Opie and Anthony taping, right? I'm sitting on. I knew about this segment before, but I never expected I would see the segment in person. It was back when you would show up literally nude with your hands covering your junk, and Opie and Anthony used to have to guess when you were hiding where the sun don't shine. That's right. That's right. That was uh, that was one of uh, those little uh, stunts that I participated in. And uh, I did such a fantastic job. It was a it was a game show that we were that I really thought could be the next Wheel of Fortune, but uh, apparently there were uh, many uh, FCC infractions, so um, I could never become the next Pat Sajak. That was my big dream. I'll tell you this much: I always liked Wheel of Fortune, but I would definitely much rather watch that game. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a game. There's mystery. There's injury. I mean that's that's a game right there. What does Wheel of Fortune got you? You get like a three-day trip to the Bahamas for crying out. Exactly. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see, I could see the show being 
aired on on a TV in Donovan's pub, and everybody in the bar playing along. That's right. That's exactly. Fun. It's a perfect bar game. They missed their opportunity. Well, well. Exactly. Well, hey, we got a lot to get into, uh, and I don't want to waste too much of your time, Dave. So we, right off the bat, you know, we definitely differ on our teams here. I'm a Jets fan. Me and Bo are Mets fans. You guys are Giants fans. So, you know, obviously I picked a lot of shitty teams to root for. Um, (laughs) When it comes to basketball, though, we're all on the same page as the New York Knickerbockers advanced to the second round of the playoffs for just the second time in the last 20 years. Hell yeah. Bo, you guys must have been pumped watching that game last night. I know I I was. I was watching that game last night. I was going absolutely crazy. Uh, One of these days I'm going to get uh, probably evicted because of my uh, sports. I tend to be loud. There are (laughs) lots of banging and and, and just, you know, loud noises going on. Um, The one thing I want to say is that I liked it when they called it the conference semifinals. And that's what I'm saying that the Knicks are in. Because now you have the play-in round. Then you have this round. I don't know which is the first round, the second round. I do know back in the day, they would call the round that the Knicks are now in, the Eastern Conference semifinals. And I like it. It sounds way more important. You know? It sounds like, okay, we've had a great season. Because who knows what's going to happen. But. They're matched up against the Miami Heat. Wow. This is a – and the Knicks have home court advantage. This is going to be a tremendous series. We are seeing the blossoming of Mitchell Robinson as one of the best defensive centers in the league. We are seeing the blossoming of several of our young players like Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin. The Knicks, I've been saying all year long, have the most under in the NBA – one guy goes out. There's a there's there's six young guys who can all play ball right up underneath them. We haven't even seen Evan Fournier or Derrick Rose. They're not even getting any game time because all these young guys can play. So I'm extremely excited. This is the best Knicks team of the 21st century. Bam. That I totally agree with you there. I totally agree with you. And you know, one of the things that I noticed about this Knicks team too is something that you mentioned too is that this bench has the, that next man up mentality. Doesn't matter who goes down. Doesn't matter what kind of lineup Thibodeau wants to run out there. And uh, the, the Knicks are just deep enough to get it done, which I think really impacted that first-round series against uh, Cleveland because you could see when you trade for a superstar the way that they did with Donovan Mitchell, and we were going to with Donovan Mitchell, you really hurt your bench and deplete your team a little bit, kind of like the Knicks did. 10, 11 years ago with Carmelo. Where exactly. they, they gave up Timothy Mozgov. They gave up all those first-round picks. They gave up yep. Felton, and they had no bench. So even though they had a couple of good teams he, when he was here, it just wasn't that deep. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. They, they, you know, it's the first time the Knicks have won a play series in 10 years, and that team was all Carmelo. All Carmelo. And this team, you got incredible balance. You've got a. I I still think Jalen Brunson is the single best point guard in the Eastern Conference. I've said it all year long. He's the best point guard in the East. Period. 
Um, you know, Randall got that uh, ankle uh, sprain at the end of the first half, but I'm uh, hopeful that a few days maybe he doesn't even get to start on Sunday, and then maybe uh, you give him a few days, and then uh, he has a week to uh, come back, and he, he gets game two start on Tuesday. Um, but the team has depth, and anytime you can have a lot of depth in the NBA, listen, it's a great thing. Guys are struggling. Just get a couple guys off the bench go in there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Bo, you must have been pumped watching that too, as an early, you know, little early birthday president, uh, sure. uh, president, right? Bo. Oh yeah, that was an early birthday present. I was. Let me tell you, when I watch ga- games at home, especially when multiple teams that I'm a fan of are on same time, I do a multi-screen thing. Sometimes I make, I even make use of my DVR to when the games in the, the next day. Well, I can tell you, I'm probably like Dave, make a lot of noise at home and. I feel like my dog feeds off that noise because when I'm making noise, he starts barking and howling. And this especially happened when the late Rosie Shea was alive. She, today, today, by the way, would have been her birthday. By the way, oh, I oh. mentioned Happy Birthday, Rosie and Shea. Rose, Happy. And let me and I get, yep. And I got to say about Rosie Shea. She was a beagle, and if you're familiar with beagles, they have a loud bark, so you could imagine. How loud she'd be when I was made, when I was loud. Uh oh. <laughs> Waking up the neighbors over there in uh, uh you know over there in Queens, no doubt about it, buddy. And oh. uh, you, you know, so we saw as Dave mentioned earlier. Obviously, we're matched up with the Heat the next round. They took down Giannis and those big bad Bucks, the number one seed. What do you guys think? Do you, if you had to make a prediction right now, what are we looking at in this series? Is it going to be a, a a quick one, relatively like this. Next in, uh, I think I. And, and that's I have that a feeling. I'll, for me, the Knicks and in six also, is more about superstition because I said six with the uh, Cleveland Cavs and Knicks won. So I'm just going to keep the superstition going. I also um, will only wear my Knicks T-shirt on every Davy Mac sports program episode going forward until they are eliminated from the playoffs. And if that means I got to wear it through mid-June because they're in the NBA finals, I will do just that, partner. Hey, that sounds like a deal also, to me. I got my Knicks shirt on right also, now, too. I also got to say, going into the series, there's going to be a bit of a rivalry because I have a cousin who lives and, is, and was born in South Florida. So... There might be a bit of a heat of rivalry during this series. Oh, no question about it. Um, the Nixon uh, heat was a great rivalry going back to the 90s. Riley left uh, as head coach of Nixon, went to Miami. And then, you, of course, you had that great fight with uh, Jeff Van Gundy uh, hanging on to Alonzo Mourning's uh, foot there. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that whole thing. Yeah, no, Nixon heat back in the day was, you know, a great rivalry. You, you, with, the Knicks 90s rivalries, Knicks Bulls, Knicks Pacers, probably Knicks Heat. Those were their, their three big rivals probably. Of that. So I'm, I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, me too. And, you know, just like you mentioned too, that, that big – it brings back memories of those 90s rivalries. And they met every year in the playoffs from 97 to 2000 during that time. So obviously wow. we had that chance to get that bad blood going. And the only time they've met in the playoffs since then – was that that round where Amare punched the fire extinguisher and and messed his hand up 
and they lost in five. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yes. Good call. Huh. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, to me, to me, the Knicks can do, I hate to say it, but I would bring a very similar philosophy with how they played against the Cavs in that they clearly were able to focus on Donovan Mitchell, said let's not let Donovan Mitchell beat us. To me, that guy on Miami is Jimmy Butler. You saw what he did last night. And this guy is a clutch player. This guy is a, they, they, this guy is a big-time postseason performer. Put concentrate on Butler. Make sure Hart is guarding Butler. Give, give him some help, and then let's go out there and kick the Miami, despite the, who uh, Bobo's cousin roots for. <laughs> exactly, man. I, and, I also, and you said it. I, I also got a little thing to say, kind of sort of a reference to this rivalry. Back yes. in the '90s, we all remember playing the video game NBA Jam, right? Yes, of course. That day when I'd be playing against, I'd be playing against the Heat. I they were always a tough opponent in that video game. There is actually a little strategy to beating the real tough opponents in NBA Jam. There was always that similar to the double dribble cheat. You had that one spot that was always guaranteed three pointers. Remember that? Yes, I do. Of course, I love double dribble. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that yeah, was they, a great they, double dribble, a phenomenal basketball game. Yeah, absolutely that, that, was. But they, and, appar- and apparently I discovered back in the 90s when I was maybe in middle school, that little spot where, where you could get guaranteed three-pointers, you leaned heavily on that when playing against the Heat. All right, but, fair <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the Heat have uh, were definitely a dangerous team back then, definitely a dangerous team now. I mean, you know, D- Dave, you mentioned it, that Jimmy Butler game last night against the Bucks. he single-handedly took them down and was talking shit the whole time, too. That was that – was That's crazy. what he does, too. That is what he does. He is a competitor to the max, and I think the Knicks have a bunch of uh, high competitive guys themselves – so they just got to really focus on limiting Jimmy Butler, and then I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned I think this is uh, that this was the best Knicks team of the 21st century. I totally agree. And you know what? I think one of the big reasons for that is because it's probably the best defensive Knicks team they've had since the 90s. This team really, really locks down players. They did a great job with Donovan Mitchell in that first round. And, you know, I think a lot of that credit should go to, to Tom Thibodeau. A, a guy who a lot of Knicks fans wanted to run out of town a couple of months ago. I know. Tibbs has uh, done the job. The acquisition part was huge. It was like he instantly improved the entire Knicks defense. Just that one player mm-hmm. was uh, such an upgrade. And I agree. I think the Knicks are right now gelling in all the right spots. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely going to be a uh, a fun uh, second round series that's going to be getting started next week. So uh, we'll and be hopefully we can see a Jimmy Buffett at courtside. I remember that one time where Jimmy Buffett got kicked out at a Miami Heat game because he was he was angry uh, at the officials. <laughs> really? And, which is similar because I was kicked out of Margaritaville this past Fez time, but that was that I, that had nothing to do with officials and more <laughs> like throwing up near Table Seven. <laughs> Oh, well, that's understandable, though. Especially, you know, that's a uh, the if if any night called for it, it was that night. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, you know, let's keep it moving here as we got the uh, as yesterday. I, and I wanted to get your take on this, Dave, too, because um, as a uh, as, as a Giants fan, I feel like you'd have the uh, an unbiased opinion. Um, so the Jets finally finalized this Aaron Rodgers trade, which we've been hearing about for weeks and months at, at this point. You know, what's your take on on this Aaron Rodgers deal? Did the, who won the trade? And do you think that the Jets have a legitimate shot to, I mean, at least get a home playoff game this year? Okay, so the uh, you, yeah, no, I am a football Giants, but um, listen, this is a uh, obviously a massive, massive deal by the Jets. And here's, here's the thing. Uh, let's say they get to keep Rodgers for three years. Okay, they got to win the Super Bowl. So they got three years to win one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers because I am going to compare this trade to when the Dallas Cowboys sent Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings. I know a running back is a much different player than a QB. I understand. I just want to make the, the, the comparison of superstar player with draft capital. If you, When you go out and just mortgage the next three years of your draft, that's fine as long as Rodgers gets you that championship. If Aaron Rodgers does not get you that championship, I mean, your franchise will be in dark times for a decade. That's just that's just going to happen. Now, Rodgers plays three years, gets a couple Super Bowl, uh, or just gets a couple of playoff appearances, but wins that Super Bowl, then that's fine. You don't care if you go into a, you know, you have five or six shit years. He finally got you that Super Bowl. So everything is contingent on whether Rodgers delivers that ring. That's my Yeah, I mean, that that definitely makes total sense. I, I, I As a Jets fan, I feel the same way. You know, if you're, if you're pushing all in, if you're pushing all your chips in, you want it, you want that payoff. You know, just it, I don't think that the uh, Rams fans are too upset right now what they gave up for Matthew Stafford because they exactly. got that Super Bowl. You know, and even right. you know, I'm sure that the the Buccaneers they didn't have to give up anything to get Brady, but I'm sure that they hamstrung themselves a little bit for the next couple of years. Well, they don't mind because they got that Super Bowl. I I feel the same way. If the Jets, you know, get that Super Bowl, I don't care what they gave up. Yeah, it's got to they 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 got to win that Super Bowl though. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll bring something up. I have a co-worker at my uh, radio station, WRAT 95.9 where I dominate the case. I'm the number one uh, host at the Jersey Shore. And this person at my radio station was a Jets fan. I said, so how far is it, you know, is, is, will it be acceptable for Aaron Rodgers to take the Jets for this trade to be acceptable as well? And he said championship game he said afc championship game i go mark sanchez got to win AFC championship game twice in fact it's <laughs> a good point uh, so uh, i don't think if you're a jets fan it can be acceptable to give all of those draft picks away for an afc championship game appearance that's what this jets fan was telling i'm like to me this gotta be super bowl or bust well, no. I, you know, what I've learned about my fellow Jet fan through this whole process, though, is that a lot of Jet fans are just damaged people that <laughs> don't 
think they're ever gonna win you know what i mean like <laughs> they just they know or they they just expect the worst and the idea of losing in a championship game after the last 10 years that we've been through I think they still think is a great thing, but it's like, guys, you have Aaron Rodgers. We can yeah. actually do this, but I don't have to think like bigger. Head. You have to think bigger now. You have to. With that defense and with Rodgers, you got to think we, we must win the Super Bowl. I know it's a lot of pressure, but otherwise, I don't know if giving up three draft was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, you have to win a Super Bowl. You know, what do you think, Bo? Did, did they give up too much? Do they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, in your opinion? I feel they have to, and they should win, win a Super Bowl within the three years of that contract. Without a doubt, they give up that much. I cannot. I really cannot see see them not winning the Super Bowl in those three years. I'd be shocked. That, as a matter of fact, if they didn't win, a, if they don't win a Super Bowl in these three years, I think your girlfriend might have to have you on suicide watch. <laughs> I think she probably already has me on that. Because oh, no. <laughs> oh, gee. All right. Wow. That, that, yeah, now the stakes are really high here. That escalated quickly. That definitely yeah. did. Oh, right. Fantastic. <laughs> well, with, with all the teams every, every, I root for, I think she pretty much expects that's going to be the, the final outcome anyway. Yeah, I... I will forever associate with one of the funniest episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. What? I don't know Which if you one? remember the episode. Remember the episode where where Larry David was trying to get with uh, the, the 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 widow of a friend of his that killed himself. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. And remember the and remember the episode was full of Jets references. Even even the guy yep. that was trying to even the guy trying to trying to trash Larry's car. Once he realized Larry was a Jets fan, the guy backs away and the way and his complaints sounded like every complaint I've heard from Jets fans. That that mugger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, us Jet fans have definitely been through a lot. So uh, I think, and Larry David being a Jet fan, I think he knows, uh, you know, just as well at uh, the the toll it takes on you really yes. for this team. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, so just to, to keep things rolling, now we got the NFL draft tonight. That's why I was it 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 really was uh, great the way everything worked out. Um, getting you on today, Dave, because. It's so so many different things to talk about. Uh, you know, with the draft, obviously, the Jets moved back a couple of spots for the first time in it seems like years. The Jets and the Giants aren't in the top five. So, you know, what do you think? Are you really focused in on who the Giants could be looking at at twenty five, or are you just kind of more just let you know the the Giants front office take care of it and they're going to get the best guy available? I I don't get crazy excited for the draft i will be paying attention to it with uh no nicks on tonight but the, the reason why you know what have we seen we've seen countless busts throughout the years then we've seen guys like tom brady or last year the very last guy in the draft was arguably the rookie of the year brock purdy before he got hurt the very last guy so my point they miss a lot. 
on the draft. I understand. It, fans are going to be excited. They want to see their new players and this and that. Um, but I want to see the guys perform on the field when it, when it matters. I'm not so much into a guy getting a little baseball cap and, you know, posing with, you know, Goodell. But I think that the Giants need some playmakers for Daniel Jones. And I'm sure that they'll try to give him a little help on the offensive line. But let's be honest, the Giants' Achilles heel was their receivers. They had no receiving crew. I mean, that was one of the worst receiving crews that I've seen in a while. And they still made the playoffs and won a playoff game. I'm hoping the Giants can figure that out, whether it's a, whether it's free agency or the draft tonight. Get me somebody who's fast. That's all. Somebody's fast. Yeah, you know, what, what you're saying there makes a lot of sense to me because the Giants were relying at the end of the year on, like, practice squad guys. And Ooh. even though a lot of them performed pretty well, uh, yeah, you definitely want to upgrade that receiver room. I keep hearing that the Giants are looking at um, offensive linemen. I hear they yeah. have their, their eye on a couple of centers that is supposed yeah. to be in that range. And, They're uh, always into the offensive linemen, and, and that's fine, but I feel like and maybe Bo would do I just feel like the last 10, 15 years, anytime they draft an offensive lineman, I don't know. I feel like they haven't had a lot of success with drafting offensive linemen. Rather, they've had a little bit of success in acquiring free agent offensive linemen, guys who are veterans. And it's tough to, to know how someone's going to be in the offensive line in the pros. It really is. I mean, that might be one of the dicier positions to actually, you know, draft. Because you think about it, these college guys, they're just going against, you know, they might be 300 pounds. They're going against defensive linemen who might be 250, 260 pounds. In the NFL, they're all 300-330 pounders on the defensive line. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and in college too, you never know the, uh, the the level of competition the guy's going up against. So it's it's definitely uh, you know a, a hit or miss process with these offensive linemen, especially anything really out of the, of the top ten, top fifteen. You know, yeah, then yeah, get the offensive linemen through free agency and yeah. get these fast guys, fast guys from Alabama who can run past people the way I could run past Bobo in a 50-yard dash and just leave him in the dust. <laughs> and just I'd make Bobo look like a statue if we ever got into a head-to-head race. He'd be sitting there with his dumb hat and his dumb glasses wondering where, where the hell did Dave Man go? Well, I'll tell you where Dave Man went. He just, he just ran away from you and won the goddamn race while you're sitting there cutting the, counting the blades of grass on the goddamn lawn. I just ran across the finish line. I have a 4.140. And I don't know too many guys in the combine who can run a 4.140. Davey Mack can. I'm probably the fastest radio guy out there. And I'd leave Bobo standing there like a stupid, dumb statue. That's the type of receiver I need. Somebody fast from Alabama, LSU. Give me somebody from Ohio State. Some fucking fast guy who's going to run past everybody. Catch the goddamn football. Get me six points, and let's win the Super Bowl. Forget about Aaron Rodgers. 
Hell yeah, man. I mean, 4.1, the, the Giants should think about drafting you. Yeah, I run a 4-1-40. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. I tell people that all the time. No one no one believes me. But you listen, get anytime, anyone, if they want to send ABC Wide World of Sports over to my house to prove it, by all means. <laughs> well, I'm officially going to license you as a, uh, you know, the Wide World of Sports camera crew. So get <laughs> over there. And I want to see this race between you two. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I absolutely will race him. We're going to race in the middle of the road, by the way, right on the Garden State Parkway, Bo. I'll even give you a head start, Bo. Just get out into the left lane of the Garden State Parkway and just start running. And I'll be on the sidelines watching you, just giving you a head start, okay? Bo? It looks like I'm going to have to, it looks like I'm going to have to start taking some marathon training advice from a, from a relative that, by the way, ran in several marathons and triathlons all over the world. That's right. And you also should start training at avoiding cars, <laughs> avoiding, you know, getting hit by a car, because we're having this oh. this race on the Garden State Parkway. Well, well, I guess maybe I'm going to have to learn, maybe do my training in Queens Boulevard, one of the yeah. most dangerous it's streets across in America. I understand the the parkway. The um, it's sixty five miles an hour, so the, the cars are going to be coming fast. This is going to be a, a difficult race we're going to be engaged in. It's going to be one tough game of Frogger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. I I always tell people that the that Fro that Frogger was invented by a random developer that tried crossing board of death. Is what what those locals call Queens Boulevard. That's where I say they got me in the struggle. I used to live on Queens Boulevard back in the day. Really? You know that? Yeah. Uh, Queens Boulevard and I think my cross street was. Is there a Forty Sixth Street foe in Queens Boulevard? Does that address make sense? I think there's a section of it. I know it's 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 a huge stretch of road, Queens Boulevard. So yeah, I was ranking the forties in Queens Boulevard. Wow, very yep, cool. I might, <laughs> I might try that. I might even try looking for the looking for the sections of the boulevard that still don't have that fence on the on the areas that are not in the intersection. There you go. <laughs> That's it, Bob. All right. And, uh, yeah, just to, to keep it rolling along here, I just want to uh, touch real quick on uh, – because I know, you know, it, we're all big baseball fans, and but really baseball, it's kind of like the uh, second story going on here right now. But yeah. I, Mets and the Yankees, you know, the Yankees got back on track yesterday, big 12-6 win, um, you know, against uh, the Twins. The Mets dropped two out of three to the Nationals. Dave – What's your early season impressions with the Yankees going on so far? Um, the Yankees need to get rid of Aaron Hicks. Uh, you know, I, I it's not that he's a scapegoat, but the team, except for that 12-run uh, outburst yesterday, the team really hasn't hit that well. And I sometimes think there's guys of the past who really haven't done anything, and they've, they've, they've failed time and time again the way Hicks has these last two or three years. It just, just sometimes it really is addition by subtraction. You have to get him off the team. 
He can't play defense anymore. At yeah. least when Aaron Hicks wasn't hitting in 2017 and 18, the guy could sometimes be a dynamic center fielder defensively. He can't run. He's a he, he's a guy who got old quick. It happens sometimes. Sometimes guys can play 39, 40 years old, and they're still productive. And then sometimes, because guys had a lot of serious injuries, they get old quick. Uh, you know, there he, he's an old 33 or 34. However old Hicks is, he's an old version of that. Um, as far as one thing that I liked, which was after the uh, two games ago, Aaron Boone said, look, we're, we're waiting too long to get engaged in these games. He's like, we got to jump on people and start hitting right away. And I thought that was cool that Judge sort of told them, hey, come to the plate, start hitting the ball. And the very next game, they got 12 runs. Mm -hmm. So I'm not an anti-Boone guy, but I am an anti-Cashman guy. I think our general manager, I, I still think he does a, a lot of questionable things. I think Hicks needs to go. I think Donaldson needs to go. And I think that, uh, you know, the Yankees will be okay. Bring up Dominguez by the All-Star break, and the Yankees will be fine. But right now I'm seeing too many veterans who they don't need anything. Aaron Hicks is not going to be a player. The Yankees are, are young now combined with the right veterans. So Aaron Hicks is not going to be an important part of the team three years ago, three years from now. But – Oswaldo Peraza and Cabrera and Volpe and all these guys, they are going to be a part of the future. Have them play with Judge, Rizzo, and Stanton, the right mix of veterans and, and the young guys, and then get rid of the older vets who don't mean anything, like a Hicks and Donaldson. Yeah, you know, it, it almost seems un-Yankees-like, in my opinion, to still have those guys hanging out on the team. You know, I I grew up, Obviously, in the you know being a Mets fan and watching the Yankees from afar, just seeing that anytime the Yankees made a mistake bringing a guy in, whether it was a guy like Kevin Brown or Kayagawa or you know wh wh whichever bad or you know Carl Pavano, the Yankees were able to just eat that money and say, "Get the hell off the team! You stink! We don't want you anywhere near here." Where the Mets, if they gave out a bad contract, they would kind of eat it. And they'd shove that guy out there no matter what just to get the bang for their buck. But it's 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 kind of surprising to me that the Yankees haven't gotten rid of guys like Donaldson and and Hicks yet because all it would be is just admitting the you know the mistake on the contract, eating that money, and getting him out of town. So it's it's just kind of surprising. Well, because Cashman can't admit when he's wrong. Mm. He's got that weakness in him. And I don't know why Cashman thought, you know, before the season, he was pretty much, he was almost guaranteeing rebound seasons from Hicks and Donaldson. And it's like, why? What, what, what about Aaron Hicks in the last three years is, is he all of a sudden going to turn around and in the year 2023 have a good season? It didn't make any sense. And so uh, I think Cashman has a pride issue. And I think he used to be a lot quicker because probably George was the one who was impatient. And Hal, not quite as impatient. And uh, sometimes you question if he has the same fire that the old man used to have.
Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely a good point because it seems like Hal doesn't exactly have his foot on the gas the way that George did. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I feel like Brian Cashman runs the Yankees more than Hal Steinbrenner. Yeah, you yeah, know? it's it's almost like you know how how now everybody complained about Dolan being involved with the Knicks, and it seems like he's kind of stepped back and just let Leon Rose do his thing. It seems like that's really what Hal is doing with the Yankees, where he's just letting Cashman be the, the main decision maker, and anytime he's just got to get backed up with money, like with that big judge deal, you know, Steinbrenner's there to uh, to make sure he has that cash. And, I mean, Cashman now, the listen, the Yankees haven't won since 2009. So they are on a 14-year streak. I know the other fans uh, of other organizations would be like, oh, cry me a river. You guys haven't won in 14 years. You know, our organization hasn't won in 50 years or something, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, understood. When you're a Yankees fan, though, you do have different expectations. Yeah. The Yankees haven't gotten to 27 championships by being okay with winning every 14 or 15 years. They, they would have never gotten to that many championships. The expectations simply became greater for the Yankees. And 14 years between championships is way too long. That is an issue, and it's all happened under Brian Cashman. So we are getting impatient now. Yeah, and, and understandably so. You know, the uh... – the, the Yankees have a different level of excellence and expectations, as they should. I mean, you know, you point it out all the time. So how many championships did the, the uh, Yankees have, Dave? 27. And, and Bo, how many championships did the Mets have? Two. What? Two. Two championships. That's so cute. <laughs> I think I can have two championships in baseball. Give me two seasons and I'll get two. <laughs> two. 27 to two. Think about that. I mean, it's uh, it's <laughs> it I mean, really silly. lets you know. <laughs> Isn't it silly, though, Bo? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is silly. I do laugh at the end, but. At the same time, I feel like this year I've noticed that the pitch clock rules have affected the game greatly. Either some even negative effects. I noticed that this year I feel like the pitchers that were quick have the advantage. I know right now early on hitters seem like maybe their timing's a little bit off with the pitch clock, but I feel the hitters are are going to be adjusting a lot quicker. And I feel like the Mets, what they need to do at the trading deadline, assuming they're still in contention at the trading deadline, they need, they need to look at the specific pitchers, starters, and relievers. They need to look at is pitchers that work quick. Because I feel pitchers that are able to work quick have a great advantage with this pitch clock rule. Okay. Hey, that's a good point. That's an interesting point. I know that Garrett Cole – uh, I feel like he's been helped out by the pitch clock tremendously because I think Cole is just one of those guys who's very cerebral, but when he's out there on the mound, he can almost be overthinking what he's doing out there. And with this pitch clock, he's just getting the ball and throwing, getting the ball and throwing. 
and not thinking. And I feel like it's 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 very much helped out uh, Garrett Cole. So I love it. I think the uh, cutting down a half an hour on the game is, I mean, unbelievable, you know? Yeah, it really is. And the game has such a better flow to it now. You know, yeah. Like, uh, I remember we used to call Steve Traxel when he was a Met, the human rain oh, delay. Because that he was, was the worst. Oh, he that was, he just I, I brought him up on the Daily Match Sports program. They timed him once. And he was like 48 seconds between pitches. And it's like, oh, my God. Like a regular nine-inning game. No extra innings. No nothing. Could be four and a half hours long when Steve Traxel was on the match. It was that awful. <laughs> right. You're right. And, uh, and you know, luckily, uh, you know, a couple of the older guys probably aren't a fan of it. It, it, it looked to me like Carlos Carrasco was really negatively affected by it. Um, but, you know, hey, it, you have to just get used to it. Once these guys figure out ex exactly the way to time it out and, and get in the flow of the game, then it, it's not going to be an issue. Get the ball and throw it in. That's all. It's, it's supposed to be like the Bugs Bunny cartoon where he just gets the ball and throws it right back in. You know, that, that is the way baseball is supposed to be played. And I actually, I am enjoying baseball a lot this year, though. I think the new rules um, have all been great. I just want one more rule, which is the, the, the K zone. I want that to be the official arbiter of balls and strikes. Because yep. these new rules are great. The product is great, but yet you still watch 20 missed calls per game. That's and it true. doesn't make sense. They have the K zone during live games. Just have that be the striker ball call. It's nice and simple. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you see even on Twitter, they have uh, an account on there called Umpire Auditor. And it, it's, a, it's a really great account because it shows you just how often these umpires make terrible calls. I mean, you'll see frequently guys calling balls two and a half, three inches outside of the strike zone. And sometimes let, let's be honest, being an umpire has always been challenging. But yep. with how great pitching is, pitching is at a premium right now. You used to have one at most, maybe two guys who could come out of the bullpen or something and throw a hundred miles an hour. Now every team's got eight guys who can do that. They, they got a couple starters who can throw 100 miles an hour. They got five or six guys out of the pen who can throw it. It was always difficult to umpire balls and strikes. It's much harder now. Quite frankly, it's too hard. It's too difficult. And under my plan, the umpires union shouldn't have any issue with this because I would add jobs. I would add another umpire in the booth Okay, relaying whether it's a ball and strike. He says it into a microphone. The home plate umpire's got a little earpiece. He says ball. The home plate umpire goes ball. He says strike. The home plate umpire goes strike. Because the fans in the stadium still need to know whether it's a ball or strike. The pitcher, the players. So you still have the home plate umpire doing it. And you rotate each guy the way they always do. So one day the guy on the uh, – he's up there. He's, he's, he's what we call the booth umpire. Then the next game, he's the first base umpire, and the first base umpire is the one going up to the booth. And I think you would you would you would have to then add a job to each umpire umpiring crew. And so people are like, well, the umpires union is going to have an issue with that. Why? 
We should add jobs and relieve stress. They yeah. should not have to do this anymore. It's too difficult. Batting averages have plummeted 30 points over the last five years. So a 25 or 28-year-old guy who is trained to see these pitches, they're having a harder time. How some 60-year-old fatso going to be able to see these pitches? Come on, man. No, you're 100% right. I, I love that idea, too. And, uh, you know, with all the technology that's available now, they, they have to utilize it like that. I mean, it just makes sense. It's the last thing they need to do to make baseball a really cool, modern-day, fast-moving product. Think of it like this. How many kids have been playing these MLB video games for years and years and years? They're used to seeing the K-Zone. They're used to having strikes and balls called by the K-Zone. Yeah. So just go with it already. The K-Zone, people are used to it. We don't need goddamn Kent Hirschbeck making 48 bad calls during the, the a two-and-a-half-hour game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely, it, it, uh, it makes total sense that, uh, you know, they they definitely have to figure that out. I mean, it, it's it's right in front of them right now. And I it's think, right in front of them. Yeah. It's like, and, do, you, do, do, you, do you want a, a fancy computer that could be used in NASA making these calls? Or do you want someone like Bobo making these calls? You know, <laughs> with all due respect, who's out to lunch? <laughs> You know, I think most people want the NASA computer. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. You know? where, where there's, you know, there's everybody accepts that K-Zone as, uh, as, you know, right fact now. So you might as well just make it that way. Right. And the biggest mistake they ever made was putting the K-Zone graphic on television yeah. during live action. Like, not not just during replays, but like while the game is being played. That was the stupidest thing they could ever do because now you see how many calls they miss. So I, I've been saying for years, if they don't want to do the umpiring thing, which I think they should do, then just get rid of the K-Zone on TV. It's hurting you guys. It's making your entire product look stupid. Either or, get rid of the K-Zone, although that's not really fixing it. The, the, the issue is... Get these umpires making uh, – forget about it. It's too hard. Garrett Cole throws the ball 100 miles an hour. The next pitch is a knuckle curve that goes uh, 78 miles an hour and drops, like, straight down. How are these umps going to know if something is a ball or a strike? Come on. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, yeah, you know, so just to keep it moving, because we're, we're, we're coming to the end here. I don't uh, – we've already kept you – for uh, way too long, Dave. I don't want to uh, waste your time as it is. You kept me way <laughs> but, too long today. <laughs> I just want to uh, get your opinion. We got Rangers Devils uh, game five tonight in Jersey. Series. Well, five. Bobo and I, Bobo and I have made a bet. I don't know if you're aware of. I am. But um, if the um, Rangers win this, I'm a, I'm a Devils fan. Bobo's a Rangers fan. And I believe that if the Rangers win the series, uh, Bobo gets to attempt to saw my head off live on the Davy Mack Sports Program. Like one of those old school beheading videos. If the Devils win, I get to detonate Bobo in Times Square. We will clear off 
the, the, you know, the sidewalks and the streets because we don't want any collateral damage. We don't want this to be looked at as any kind of terrorist act. This is more of a celebration of blowing up Bobo in Times Square. So we'll, we'll make sure that everything is, you know, safely done. But we have ordered the dynamite. So, All right. And, and yeah. to be fair, Bo, you've had to pay this bet, this bet off for a couple of years now. So it's it's been coming. Yeah, for some reason, I mean, he, he keeps avoiding this. He He's made, you know, predictions that the Mets are going to win the World Series the last three years. And, and I've said, if they don't, will you blow? Can we blow you up in Times Square? He said yes. Um, I don't know why he won't, you know, follow through on the bet, honestly. <laughs> but this time he, he promises he's going to be following through. And we will detonate him. And I'm thinking maybe we just replace the big silver ball on New Year's Eve, and we suspend Bobo in the air, and on you know once it hits midnight on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, we blow him up. I think that would be fun for uh, for everyone. <laughs> I love that idea. You know, I I feel like it's festive, and especially if he's wearing you know his Rangers or Mets jersey. It, yeah. It, <laughs> and but he, he's gonna wear that. But also those little glasses that say like 2024 on them. He'll wear those up. And then we'll just we'll we'll blow him up. In fact, it would be cool if like we could almost have him be um like a pinata, and maybe we can like like stuff like a bunch of like little wrapped candies into him. And then when we blow him up, like all the candy comes out. That's just an idea. I just thought of that right now. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, you know, Bo, what do you think? Are are you pumped for that or? Uh... I I. Re- well, well, I personally recommend Snickers bars to that. Full Snickers bars, bars, okay. Not the mini bars. Okay, so he doesn't size. have an issue not with getting size. blown up. It's Full more of the candy. Gotta go Just big the candy. Big. That makes sense. He, he has an issue with the candy selection, not not being murdered in New York. So, okay. I will make sure to get lots of those little – are we talking bite-sized or are you going to get the big ones? It's, How are we going to get the it's, Snickers, it's, it's, uh, the, the bite-sized Snickers? No, Let's no, go no, with the bite size. You got to go big. Got it. Go and, big. and then maybe have some people have people throw full size candy bars. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it looks fair like enough. looks like his thing is uh, screwing up a little bit right there. He just got <laughs> kicked out again. But uh, Dave, real quick before we let you go, because I'm sure he'll pop back in in a second. Uh, I do want to show you this though. I'm sure you've seen it already. Um. But the other night, I know you're a big wrestling fan. Yes. The other night, they debuted the new championship belt for uh, uh, the WWE for Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I like it. It's it's a it's got a pretty nice look, right? Kind of old school yeah. feel to it. Yes, I like it. I like it. I've I've had a major issue with the belts in previous years. There's simply no gold on it. I yep. hate. The, the how much space the I mean first of all the universal belts always looked awful whether it was the blue strap or the red strap I could care less what color the strap is it looks very garbagey secondly you gotta have gold on your championship belt and like all that dead space and just a little smallish it's not even a lot of gold it was just like a little outline of gold with some diamonds in it no, it was, to me, cheap looking. This belt, 
this belt's got the gold. This belt's got that old school NWA, lots and lots of gold look to it. I actually think this is a handsome belt. Yeah, I definitely agree. They, uh, they had, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, like you said, like that old big gold Ric Flair championship yeah. feel to it. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, it, it, I'm still, you know, my championship that, that I love is the, uh, that winged Eagle Hulk Hogan championship yeah. belt. Um, but, you know, so I'm still getting used to the, the big W in uh, the middle of the championship, but I, I still think aesthetically it, it looks really nice. It's, it's a lot better than all that, you know, basically nothing. And then just a little thin, slightly gold and silver W. At least I'm looking at lots and lots of gold. And then the W is in, uh, it looks like to be in silver. But it's better than the red straps and the blue straps or whatever the hell that is. That, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, Dave, uh, you know, we, we've kept you already for too long. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank everybody, you. Everybody, do yourself a favor. Subscribe, patreon.com slash Dave. Check out the Davey Mac Sports Program. Check him out on, on WRAT. Listen to Yaddle Chattel. Also, oh don't forget his great podcast with his son, the, uh, the Eastside Dave and Son Wrestling Show, as they, you know, will give – frequent podcasts about the big upcoming wrestling show. So do yourself a favor right. and check that out too. Very entertaining stuff, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, we have uh, the East Side Empire, all kinds of podcasts, all kinds of things. You ever want to uh, if you get a little confused, eastsidedavecountry.com is my website and everything is posted there as well. But uh, having a lot of fun these days. We just, I don't know if you know, we just got a brand new uh, live venue for the Davy Mac Sports Program, the Dojo of Comedy in Morris Plains, New Jersey. We just recorded our first episode. No audience, but it's still live on stage. For the next uh, few weeks, maybe several weeks, we're going to be um, doing uh, these shows with no audience. But with the end goal to be at some point, we will open it up and bring uh, people in, allow people to uh, come to the shows. But we're all back in one room. Roy's keyboards are back. The music is back. Um, it's a really cool spot, a really cool place, and we're very excited for the Davy Max Sports Program going uh, uh, forward. So make sure you're subscribing and liking on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Uh, make sure you check it out. Absolutely. Ch check Dave out. And, you know, I, I was supposed to mention that at the top of the show. I forgot, though. Love. No, that's all right. Love seeing you guys together again in the same place. Uh, the dojo of comedy, absolutely awesome seeing you guys together. I always love the party atmosphere that you guys had when in the old uh, Davey Mac Sports program and the compound media version of the show. So it's it's great to see it get that that party feel to it again. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna bring the ruckus, bring the fun, bring the passion, the fire. And we're, uh, we're off to a good start. We're already having a lot of fun. It's great to see. And, uh, hey, Dan, before we get out of here, anything to plug? Oh, are you uh, muted, buddy? He, he muted himself. Dan, oh, you muted? On. I, gotta, I, 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 did, I you just go. fixed it. I, I, was, I was having technical difficulties, unfortunately, the Wi-Fi in this house. No problem. No problem, buddy. 
the Wi-Fi at this house gets spotty at certain times of day because they do their Spectrum does their maintenance work at times during the afternoon. <laughs> we we get it, man. So you have anything you like to plug? Sure, I want to plug my twit my twit my Twitter feed. It's Bobo one zero three NYC. Instagram Bobo seven one eight DK. Daniel Curl in one word on YouTube when I upload some YouTube stuff. Also, since today we, there was a little bit of a sort of breaking news that I got that I noticed on social media before the show. I always check my uh, I always check my social media shows to make feeds to make sure we got the up the most up to date news in the world of New York sports. I saw someone mention that a new a news feed mentioned that Jerry Spring, Jerry Springer passed away. We all remember at times when we had off of school watching Jerry Springer, and we all remember those v, those, those great VHS tapes. Oh my God, this is horrible! Did you know? Oh, I, I am I'm very surprised. I didn't know. I didn't hear about that. That that yeah. Jerry Springer died. Yeah, it's breaking news. Also, I he was just, he how did he die? He got shot or something? No, they just said they just said he died in his own home. They hadn't had the. the oh my God! You heard it here first on best seats in the house. Bobo just announces Jerry Springer shot and murdered in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> right uh, as he was uh, driving in his Cadillac. Oh my God! <laughs> Jerry Springer dead at the age of forty-five. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson will be sworn in. Holy cow! Well, I, you I heard gotta, it here first, everybody. I, I do got to share some funny memories about the show. I, myself, once they moved the tapings of their show from Chicago to nearby Stanford, Connecticut, it was a short walk from the Metro North Station. I went to see a couple of tapings of the show, and one of those tapings, I even got hit by a flying hairweed. I, <laughs> I was also gifted by one of the security guards a replica of the very shirt of the shirts that the security guards wear, which is a real cool shirt. I still saved it. Also, since in memory of Jerry Springer, I feel there's only one way to close this episode of the show. As the late Jerry Springer would say at the end of this, his shows, take care of yourself and each other. Oh, there we go. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't know that uh, Jerry Springer was, was that deep. Yeah, he, I mean, he had that, that little closing statement at the end of his show after oh. all, after all the debauchery that you see in the yeah, yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah, it would be like as if Gandhi like hosted a show of like trailer trash people beating each other up for an hour and then was just like, hey, be good though. Exactly. By the way, by the way my favorite episode of the show to rewatch is the Little People episode. That oh, was, yeah. That one was such a fun watch. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you and Vince McMahon have something in common. <laughs> well, you know, then uh, I, I can't think of a better way to the end the, to end the episode than that. Dave, can't thank you enough for joining us. Hey, hope you guys like that little Eastside Eastside Dave clip. That was I cannot words cannot express how how exciting it was to have have Eastside Dave on the show. The every time I've been on the show, it's always been full full of fun memories. From, from all the all the various shows Dave has been a part of over the years, always, always a great time. Our next our next clip comes from at a time when uh, 
during the summer leading up to the football season when we thought when we thought there when we thought we there was going to be great seasons for both our local football teams. Ladies and gentlemen, our next clip is when we had a Jake we had Jake Asman as part of our football preview show. And of course, today our special guest, the great Jake Asman from ESPN Radio. Jake, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me, and uh, I can't wait to get started here. Absolutely. You know, and before we really jump into it, Jake, though, this isn't the first time we've talked in the last week because I, I had this queued up. I wanted to show you if you uh, – you probably don't remember because you took a million calls, but right before you took Nick Mangold last week, you actually spoke to someone that might sound a little familiar right now, uh, Rob from Levittown. And 3776. Let's go to Rob in Levittown. Rob – you're excited for Hard Knocks, I'm hoping, right, Rob? Hey, Jake. First off, I just got to say, it's great to hear you on the radio uh, here in New York. I'm a big fan of your YouTube content. Thank you. But, yeah, I, I am absolutely psyched for this Hard Knocks. That's awesome. <laughs> I, just went, I just wanted to get a little taste there. but uh, uh, I, well, I appreciate I, you calling in, Rob. That uh, means a lot, and thanks for the kind words and for being part of that show. I, I, I got some news I could share with you next uh, one week from today. Next Saturday, I'll be back on 98.7 in New York from 3 to 7. So you got to call back in again. I'm sure we'll talk plenty of Jets that day, too. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Especially, you know, as we're getting closer to this hard knocks thing. But before we even get into that, Jake, you know, you, you being a diehard Jet fan as you are, it must have been surreal earlier this offseason when, as you mentioned on your show, in a span of 48 hours, you had Joe Klecko, Darrell Revis, both going into the Hall of Fame this year on your show. And then you got that little controversy that came out of it where Revis kind of went crazy on Twitter. Man, that, that must have been a surreal moment for you. It really was. And, you know, like I, I've been involved in like some interviews that have you know gotten some attention, some headlines and whatnot. But you know, typically you kind of know like when you're doing it, like what question to ask that will create the controversy or create the headline. And what was so fascinating about the, the Klecko Revis stuff is like the, the question I asked Klecko that set Revis off was how cool is it to be going into the Hall of Fame basically with another all-time great Jet? And we didn't know, obviously, the backstory that, you know, Revis was annoyed at something Klecko, like, I think, jokingly said when they were finding out back in January they were going into the Hall together. So it was just very odd because typically, you know, when you have, like, a question, you ask a guest, hey, that might be something that an outlet will pick up or no one knew that story before. Maybe there'll be some media that covers that. But – the fact that it played out the way it did, like I got done with the Klecko interview and I thought nothing of that interview that it would lead to everything it did. And ultimately we got to roll on the show, as you said, 48 hours later. So uh, it was a wild time. I'm glad we had both on. And, you know, two weeks from, from tonight is the Hall of Fame ceremony in Canton. So I'll be, I'll be there and I can't wait to see both of them again in person. Yeah, that really was uh, so cool to see. And, and definitely as, as you just said too, uh, it, it's going to be even cooler going in there and, you know, two weeks from tonight, the Jets are in the Hall of Fame game. You know, they, they got the Hall of Fame ceremony. So it, it really is going to be awesome. And, uh, yeah, and you put your stamp on there, man. So you're, you're, you're getting up there. You're the Jets' go-to YouTube guy. Jake, <laughs> I hope you know that. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, I mean, the, the one thing I try to do on my show is, like, I'm, I'm a radio guy, right? Like, I don't know how to really do the cool, like, YouTube video edits and all the different things like that. So I, I just try and treat the Jets show every day. It's like. Like, it's a, a jet talk show. You know, I'll come on, whatever the topic of the day is, and then we'll open it up to calls, texts. You know, the comments are kind of like a text line or tweets. And, 
you know, the, the video call line, that's like taking a call on radio like you did when you called in last week uh, to 98.7. So I appreciate the kind words, man. And it's never been a better time than right now to actually be a Jet fan. So it's very exciting with the season coming up. No doubt about it. You know, we always said, too, that what, it's going to pay off. You know, our, our diehard, you know, Jet fandom is going to pay off one day. It may take a long time, but when they finally do win and everything clicks – you know, it's a, it's definitely going to be awesome. <laughs> but, no doubt. Uh, yeah, you know, er, earlier this week, the Jets reported for training camp. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants, as we'll get to in a minute, as my uh, buddy is a diehard Giant fan, they report next week. Um, you know, what are your first impressions of the, the these first couple of days of training camp? I know one thing that jumped off the page to me was Michael Clemens walking in with, you know, shirtless with the <laughs> bat wrapped in barbed wire. That That was an awesome scene. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, you know, I guess what has really stood out is that, like, holy crap, like, Aaron Rodgers is actually a Jet. Like, you're seeing him take the field earlier in front of fans, and it's like, you know, the king has arrived with the uh, the ovation he's getting for the Jet fans at the first uh, practice that's open for fans today. Uh, it's just – it really is surreal. And, you know, I guess the, the, the big takeaway is, as far as, like, on-field stuff, Mekhi Becton's healthy and he's practicing, and they're going to legitimately give him a chance to get left tackle reps, and we'll see what happens. Dwayne Brown, after missing the first couple of days due to personal reasons, he's now back. So, you know, the left tackle competition is going to get underway. And I guess some of the other takeaways, Jermaine Johnson changed his number. Now that Denzel Mims is gone, back to number 11. They're listing him as a linebacker now. So we'll see how that impacts what they want to do defensively. So it's only been a couple of days, but there's already a bunch of different things if you're a Jeff fan you're paying close attention to. Wow, I, I thought I'd been pretty locked in too, but I didn't notice that Jermaine Johnson shrank, you know went from fifty two to eleven. That's a uh, th that's pretty cool. I, I like that. You know, that's a, I, and I like to you know back in the day you wouldn't really see you know a lot of defensive players taking numbers like that. Even Sauce having number one isn't something you would have really seen that much back in the day. It, it's kind of cool that they're letting the, you know it's a little bit more free with letting the players pick whichever number they like. It's like college, right? I mean, you have Adrian Amos, who's coming over from Green Bay, now wearing zero. He's the first zero in Jets history. It's uh, it, it's a lot different. You know, the, the days of being able to, like, identify, you know, a player's position by their number, those days are over. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And, and speaking of numbers, you know, the, the one that we all weren't sure uh, which number he was going to take was Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And he comes here. He's wearing number eight. It looks amazing, as crazy as it is to see him running out there you know, in green and white or red too, uh, you know, as the, uh, the non-contact jersey with number eight on. Um, you know, what do you think? Uh, it, it came out earlier this week, uh, Rodgers and Sala both indicated that this is probably more than a one-year relationship for them. Uh, you know, what do you think of that? And does, if they win a Super Bowl at the end of this year, impact that too? Well, it's interesting because when Rodgers talked about this recently yesterday, I think he was on uh, yeah, DiPietro and Rothenberg on, on 98.7, and he said it'd be a disservice to the Jets if I just played one year. And then he's like, well, you know, if we have a magical year, you know, maybe something like that could change. So, yeah, they win the Super Bowl. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He wants to retire. Like, whatever you want to do, Aaron, if you win it all year one with this team, every Jet fan will totally understand. Now, that being said, even if they do win it all, I still think there's a chance he would want to come back. He'd be having so much fun. And what's better than winning one with the Jets? How about two? Like Tom Brady won the Super Bowl year one in Tampa. He played another two years after that. So uh, I've always felt like he's going to be a Jet for at least two seasons. So I'm not surprised 
Salah said what he said. I think when we see the reworked contract as well, whenever they announce that officially, I think it's going to be uh, overwhelmingly obvious. It's structured like it's going to be maybe a two or three year commitment. So I'm not surprised, but still, it is surreal as a Jet fan hearing this guy talk about playing for your team. He wants to be here and he thinks he could play for 20 more years. And I think if you're a Jet fan, the goal is to win it all during this time that he's here. And knowing that, hey, it doesn't necessarily need to be just one and done this year. I think that's exciting if you're a fan of this team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It at least gives us a window, yep. you know, it, that, that one year. That That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And I really, even though obviously the ultimate goal of this season is to win a Super Bowl no matter what, you, you know, you wouldn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers if it wasn't. But, you know, from listening to your show and everything, I, I couldn't agree more with what you've been saying. Like, look, let, let's win the division. Let's win a playoff game. And then let's judge – where the season stands at that point, you know, you know, who, who knows if the, if the Jets run to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game and lose by a field goal, you know, is it going to be disappointing extremely? But can you sit here and say the season was a failure? You can't do that. Absolutely. I mean, this team hasn't been to the playoffs in, in 13 years, right? Like the, the, the idea that, you know, they don't win the Super Bowl in year one with Rodgers. It's some sort of epic failure. No, it's just the media or other fans trying to move the goalposts. Remember, it went from, well, Rodgers would never want to come play for the Jets, too. Well, now they don't win the Super Bowl in year one. It's a failure. Are you kidding me? This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2010. It's not a failure. It's a failure if they miss the playoffs. It's extremely disappointing if they, you know, make the playoffs as a seven seed and they're eliminated in the wild card round. That's disappointing given the expectations. But the idea that they could lose in the championship game to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and it's some sort of epic failure, how many teams would kill to go to the AFC championship game? Believe me, uh, we would kill for that as Jet fans. So, I completely agree with you, Rob. This is, you know, the goal is ultimately to win the Super Bowl, but there's steps along the way. And if you're a Jet fan and can't enjoy the ride as you're hopefully on this magic ride, then why are you a fan in the first place? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's just funny, too, how, uh, you, you know, you mentioned moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. I remember driving into work, work, uh, um, on the air, I want to say sometime around February, and you hear Tiki Barber at the time, talking about how he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Jet and he's going to be a distraction and this and that. And then it just turned into as uh, the, the clip that I always hear and crack up at uh, when you put people in the shadow realm, you hear Tiki Barber talking about how he thinks that, um, you, you know, the uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the Giants quarterback again? Uh, Daniel yeah, Jones yeah. is going gonna, is, is gonna to have the, uh, you know, a, a better season than Rodgers. And I don't want to take anything away from Daniel Jones, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is kind of in a league of his own. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's just a silly comment. Like, you know, D Daniel Jones had a nice season last year. He threw 15 touchdowns. You want to count his rushing touchdowns? All right, would it be an extra seven? So he threw 22 or or, or total 22 touchdowns. Nice year. Giants made the playoffs. Won a playoff game. They were a big surprise. But the 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 it, it, it's like not even worth addressing to try and compare the two. Like. It's just it's just silly. Like there's no reason for me to dunk on Daniel Jones. Like anyone with common sense who's not looking for you know a trolling hot take there would tell you right. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like enough said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. And uh, you know, just to you know, we, we were mentioning Sala before. You know, what do you think about Coach Sala? Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think most Jet fans are are pretty optimistic about what we have in Sala. Obviously, people bring up the whole uh, you know not being able to manage the clock at the end of the game thing. I really only remember that popping up in the Detroit game last year where it was really, um, you know, with, it really came and affected the Jets in a negative way. 
I, I would love to see Salah be the guy and stay here and, um, you know, n- knock Rex off the pedestal of the longest tenured Jets coach of the last 20, 25 years. Uh, you, you know, what, what are your impressions of Salah so far? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, you know, I like him as a person. I really think he's a good, genuinely guy, a good dude. I think players play for him. Uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for Rodgers being here and the type of program he built and, you know, the positive reviews from players that were here, what they have said about Salah, that enticed Aaron Rodgers to want to come here. He hired Nathaniel Hackett, which is a major reason why Aaron Rodgers chose to come here. Uh, I, I don't think the team has ever quit on Salah. I think last year would have been very easy for that defense to give up, given how inept uh, the offense was for most of the season. So I, I think he's a good coach. Now, it's tough to win when you don't have a quarterback. So that excuse is now gone. He's now three years in. It's a big year. Uh, I think he's a guy that could take this team to the playoffs, and we'll find out what type of coach he is. But now we could accurately evaluate him. You know, like he, Robert Sala won 11 games through his first two years. Kyle Shanahan only won 10. Right. Like it is hard to win without a quarterback. And now they have Aaron Rodgers. So the excuses are done. The defense went from 32nd in year one, the top five last year. Now you got the offense seemingly figured out with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So uh, we're going to find out right away if he's the right coach. But I think all the ingredients are there as far as players playing for him, wanting to be a Jet. He's done a lot of good things, but now he's got to translate the wins at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it seems to me like he's a leader of men. And, you know, when you get, get the respect of guys like Aaron Rodgers, just from afar, even before he joined the team, he mentioned his respect of Coach Sala. So I, I think that goes a long way, too. <clears throat> no, no question. And, uh, and ultimately, they got to win. I mean, that's what it's all about at this point. They have the team in place and we're going to judge him based on the win loss record now going forward. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you you mentioned the quarterback that, unfortunately, we were forced to watch a lot of last year. Nine starts out of Zach Wilson. Five and four, as the uh, truthers will tell you. But uh, I think we all know there's a deeper, you know, level we can look at in in that five and four record. And, uh, you know, Zach Wilson should have been buying a lot of dinners for those defensive players throughout the season uh, for for bailing his butt out of a lot of those games. But, you know, what do you think? Uh, Is is Zach Wilson – repairable at all or is he just going to go down in the uh, list of uh, jet bust first round picks I, I have serious doubts he's ever going to be what they thought he was now could he could he salvage his career and be you know a long-term backup in the league maybe a you know a fringe starter somewhere down the line maybe you know I, I never saw Geno Smith eight years after he left the Jets turning out to be you know a solid NFL quarterback like he proved he was last year uh, it's disappointing because I really like Zach Wilson. You know, I, I thought he was going to be good. You know, I'd, I'd be the first to, to to admit I was wrong. I just he 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 has been just so bad. It, it's not defensible, and like the Jets themselves even admitted it publicly, just how bad Wilson was. They didn't even try and like sugarcoat it, which is the right approach because it, it was really really bad last year. So you know, the the question on the screen is: Is he a bust right now? The answer is yes, but that that could change over time. Uh, but I hope to God that we don't need to find out if he's still a bust this year, right? Like, I hope Aaron Rodgers could play every game, and the only time we see Zach Wilson is either in the preseason or at the end of games that the Jets are up 40 and they're protecting Rodgers, getting him out of the game. Exactly. Yeah, he's, from your lips to God's ears, Jake, you're right about yep. that, man. Let's yep. uh, let's make sure that uh, we uh, keep Rodgers in the bubble wrap and uh, until, uh, you know, break last in case of emergency, and then on September 11th, just release that Kraken on the uh, NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so when we keep rolling along here, Jake, it, 
talking about the uh, the guys that protect uh, the quarterback and uh, and obviously Brees Hall coming back too. You know, we're we're going to need that that offensive line to be in tip top shape. What do you think coming out of um, of training camp we're going to be looking at? Do you do you expect a guy like Joe Titman to win that job? I was listening to to, to Rich Zamini the other day, and he still feels like uh, Connor McGovern is going to be taking that that center spot. You know, what do you think about that? I think Tippmann is going to win the job. I think you take a guy that high in the second round, you had your pick of any center. I think it'd be disappointing if he's not the week one starting center. I think he wins the gig. I think the offensive line in a perfect world, if you assume you have health, which as Jeff fans, we can't assume that ever. But for the sake of this conversation, let's say they have guys healthy for week one. I think left to right would be Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson. Center would be Tippmann, AVT, and then Becton. You know, I think that would be their ideal offensive line for the first game of the year but injuries play a part in this but I do think if Joe Tipman is healthy he's going to be able to beat out Connor McGovern to be the starting center week one I agree too and even if it's just the fact that that's the outcome that the Jets uh, coaching staff wants you know I can I I can see them wanting to give him that responsibility just like when they drafted you know Zach Wilson a couple of years ago they we heard about the competition in training camp and everything, but we pretty much all knew going in to week one that it was going to be Zach Wilson. And I kind of feel like it's the same thing with, with, with Tippmann too, or at least I hope. I hope so. Yeah, with Zach you knew just because, you know, who was the backup, right? We didn't know what Mike White was a couple of years ago, and it, it was obvious that it was set up for Zach to win. You know, there's, there's a little more of a true competition aspect this time around just because McGovern has been a starter in the NFL for multiple years. He started every game last year. He was, one of the, he was the only one on the line. Uh, that was incredibly durable last year. So I think he deserves credit for that. I think as a backup, he's fine. And the fact that he's played guard before is beneficial. But, you know, in a perfect world, you, know, you use a high second-round pick on a center and you had your pick of any center, you want that guy to start for you week one if possible. So I think the, the, the Jets' preference is clearly Tipman wins the job. And if he's if it's close, I think, you know, the benefit of the doubt will go to the rookie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's like tie goes to the runner. Ty goes to the rookie, so yep. I'm uh, I'm definitely with you on that. And uh, you know, as uh, the the other big news that came out of training camp right before the guys all reported was that a little thing that was keeping us nervous, you know, keeping Jet fans on the edge of their seat about you know conjuring up images of the Roscoe Diner and Darrell Revis. You know, <laughs> we finally got it figured out. Quinn and Williams back in the fold, four years, ninety six million dollar deal. You know, what do you think? I, I, I think there's a, a chance down the line that we can be looking back on this Quinnen deal and be like, this was a, a complete steal. You had to pay him, right? I mean, he's coming out of a first-team all-pro season. He's 25 years old. If you don't pay Quinnen Williams, who do you pay, right? So, yeah, there, there's always, you know, that, you know, Jet fan PTSD when you give out a big deal to a defensive tackle. You know, I saw Muhammad Wilkerson was at Jet practice yesterday. I'm like, keep him far away from Quinnen <laughs> Williams. But – Look, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. I think Quinton Williams has earned the opportunity to be paid like one of the top players at his position because he is. And he's done everything right as far as keeping his mouth shut, letting his performance speak for itself. You know, this is not a Jamal Adams situation from a couple of years ago. And, you know, once again, if you weren't going to pay Q, who are you going to pay? It sends the right message to the, to the rest of the team that, hey, this team drafts you, you play well, they pay you, and ultimately they did the right thing. So uh, does it look like a bargain? Look, if Q keeps going out there and – has another year like he had last year, which I think is possible because, once again, he's only 25 years old. We might look back on that contract and be like, wow, that really is a bargain given his production. So uh, it's a no-brainer. And, you know, Quentin Williams is a guy that you know should be a Jet for a long time because he's that type of player. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. You you, you got to pay Quinnen, and uh, you know we we've seen these defensive tackles getting paid all off season. So you know it, it was kind of written in stone that he was going to be getting paid, and and good for him. Quinnen's the type of guy that you want to reward because you see the type of guy he is in the locker room and how you know how coachable he is and how everybody around there just loves the guy. So you know let's get some good vibes going and pay him. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's nice to have guys you want to pay as opposed to in the past. It's like, well, why would we want to extend some of these other first round picks that have been horrific? So it's 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 nice to have that as a Jeff fan. There's no doubt. Exactly. I, you know, I've got a Jamal Adams jersey sitting in my closet right now. And, uh, you know, that's a guy that uh, as soon as they said, oh, you know, I, you know, the whole uh, jet for life thing came out. I was like, oh, I'm getting my Jamal Adams jersey. And uh yeah, I regretted that one. That, that's another uh, first-round pick. But, hey, it ended up working out for the best because we ended up getting Garrett Wilson out of it. So I, I'll take that hit every day of the week. No doubt. And ABT, if you think about it, because they used the the pick in that the other the first first-round pick to package that to trade up to go get ABT. So that's one of the best trades the Jets will probably ever make in their franchise's history. That's true. That's true. And, uh, yeah, we keep it rolling along here. The last thing I did want to touch on the Jets, and I know – you know, especially on your show, this is something that all Jet fans are constantly talking about. These two guys, right on the edge of our uh, tongues, Quan Alexander and Dalvin Cook. You know, what do you think, Jake? Uh, I, I'm kind of losing a little hope in Dalvin Cook. I'm still pretty confident, I think, at some point Quan's going to be here. But, but what do you think? Either of these guys, a, a, a chance we see them walking into Jets camp? I agree with you. I think Quan is probably more likely at this point than Dalvin. I, I still think Dalvin is a possibility, though. The money is clearly not out there for him. And if it's truly about going somewhere where the money's close and it gives him a chance to win, I think the Jets are attractive from that standpoint. Plus, if Brees Hall is going to be worked back into the lineup slowly, which all indications are, they're not just going to give him the ball 20-plus times a game when we start the season. Uh, Dalvin Cook could come in here and, and have an opportunity to be maybe the number one back or featured a lot more than he would if he goes to a different team. So uh, I, I certainly think he's still in play, pending cost. And Quan, look, he did this last year. He signed with the Jets at the training camp, got underway. Now the Jets are starting a week earlier than any other team besides Cleveland. So it wouldn't shock me if next week Quan's back with the Jets. So we'll see, but I'm kind of with you. I think Quan more likely, but I don't rule out either one uh, still being a Jet. Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook would, uh, would be a real – you know, it would just put a lot of our minds at ease, uh, you know, with, with Brees Hall. Because even though I think Brees is going to come back into form relatively quick, uh, quickly, you know, you, you just want to make sure that you have every protection in order this year. Because, you know, we're all in. And, uh, you know, we, we just want to make sure that if one thing goes wrong, it doesn't derail the season. No doubt. Uh, more talent, the better. I mean, we certainly have seen too many yeah. injuries for me to sit here and be like, no, nah, we're good. We, we don't need a good player. Like, no, nah, I'll take everyone who wants to be here because – uh, this team this team can win it all, but injuries wreck seasons, as we know. So more talent, the better. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 Dan, too, you know, I want to bring you in, too. Uh, feel free to, to jump in. Uh, we're going to be uh, jumping onto your Giants now, man, as uh, real quick. You know, the Giants start next week, next Wednesday, the, 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 the 26th. And uh, right now, we, we were just talking about the holdout that the Jets had to deal with, uh, with, with Darrell Revis in training camp. Now the Giants are going through a holdout. You know, Jake and Dan, what do you guys think? Will Saquon Barkley hold out for this whole season? I feel first. I feel hearing the worst right now. Just everything I'm seeing on Twitter, 
He removed everything Giants related in his Twitter bio. It just looks like it's going to be the worst. And I have that question. What, do you think the Giants have enough depth at running back to make up for this void that pretty much Saquon Barkley, I fear, is going to be everybody going to leave? Because it looks the right wall looks I don't think he's going to hold out at all. I, I think he'll play in week one. He might not be, you know, vintage Saquon right away because he's going to, you know, cut off his nose despite his face or he comes back with two weeks to go and it's like, well, physically I'm not ready. You can't put me out there. So he still can get his game check for the first week of the season. But I do not think he's going to hold out. I mean, what what's the benefit of him holding out? The last guy who actually did that was Le'Veon Bell, and I don't think anyone will ever do that again after how poorly it went for him. Uh, look, Saquon's pissed. I understand that. But ultimately, the, the Giants did the right thing, not giving him a long-term deal. Now, I wonder what he was asking for and what the Giants' final offer was. Until we have that, it's tough to say who's right, who's wrong. But, you know, ultimately, I don't think Saquon Barkley is dumb enough to turn down, what, $650,000 a week to sit out. He still has a chance to make $10.1 million this year. Plus, as a second overall pick, he got a guaranteed $35 million when he was drafted, which is more than most of these running backs ever make. So I just, I can't sit here and, and be that upset for Saquon. I don't think he's dumb enough to sit out the whole year. I think he's back and he plays week one against the Cowboys. And then another, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, continue, Dan, please. Another thing I have to say, last year, I felt like one of our weaknesses was our, our was at wide receivers. Do you think we we filled that hole at wide receivers this year that we were lacking last year. I think it really depends on, you know, what you're going to get from Jalen Hyatt, who I liked a lot. He was projected first round guy at the beginning of the draft process. And he was there in the third round. And really, you know, a lot of the receivers I had last year, they brought back, but they added Darren Waller. Now he's a tight end, not a receiver, but this guy, when he's healthy, and that's obviously the major question with him, He's as, he's as good as any tight end in the league as far as, like, his production, if you look at some of his all-pro-level seasons. So I think he's the key to the offense. If Darren Waller can stay healthy, I think that's an absolute steal the Giants got, what, the trade of the third-round pick to get him. So uh, I, I think it comes down to that. Can Darren Waller bounce back, stay healthy, and then I think there's another level to this offense. And, you know, Daniel Jones had a nice year last year. It was a nice year because it was so unexpected. Now he's being paid $40 million a year, year two in Dable's offense. You're saying we think there's another level this guy could get to as a quarterback. We got to see it. Uh, last year was a big surprise, but if Daniel Jones replicates the exact same season from a year ago, that's not going to be good enough for this team. So he's now got to take another step forward. And as you see on the screen there, be one of the driving forces of this offense. And uh, I, I question whether or not he could do it. I don't rule it out. He's certainly talented. He works hard. Dable's a great coach, but that's really the next step for the Giants to get to because if he can't, well, then in two years, you're going to be looking to replace him because you're only going to be able to go so far without the guy that could elevate your team to the next level. Yeah, it's true, man. And, and I, I really think, too, that, you know, the we are really going to see the focus come on Daniel Jones this year without having Saquon Barkley being there to take the, a lot of that pressure off him. So it's really going to come down to, uh, you know, the Giants offensive line giving Daniel Jones as much time as he possibly can and just getting that uh, – you know, the chemistry with this receiver group, too. They have a lot of bodies in there. I mean, I don't know how much better their wide receiver is room, you know, their wide receiver room is than it is last year, but it's definitely, it's definitely got a lot of people in it. And I mean, I, I don't even know if you saw this, Dan, but the uh, Giants signed um, 
actually former Jet James Robinson to help out, uh, you know, I guess fill in for Saquon, but also former Cowboy and Bill Cole Beasley. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, about those signings? I think Beasley actually could help, but you know, as a Jeff, I watched James Robinson last year. You know, nice guy, still young, but he has not recovered from that Achilles injury, and maybe another year away from that, his explosiveness will return. But that to me was like a nothing burger until I see otherwise. But Cole Beasley's productive, man. Everywhere this guy's been, you know, he gets on the field, he'll still make big plays. So I, I like that signing for the Giants. Yeah, me too. What do you think, Dan? I'm I'm excited about that. I feel that just gives us a a nice step. At wide wide receiver, I'm I'm excited to see what this guy could be bring. I'm I'm probably gonna be looking at a little preseason a little close more closely than I usually do this year because of everything going into the season. It's usually it's usually not easy to watch a preseason because I just feel I just feel like most of the time you don't really see much of the big stars how they're faring. It's really it's really mostly just the backups that. It's it's like the point that I just said. Don't I don't think I've ever in my life purchased a ticket to a preseason game. Only time I went to a preseason game, it was it was when they were doing like a big at a Bryant Park. They were giving out a they were giving out tick they were giving out tick. There was like the whole big announcing naming rights to the stadium at the stadium right. They were giving out tickets to the preseason game. Giants and Jets. I I went, but. I, I've literally never purchased, actually actively gone on StubHub and purchased tickets to a preseason game. But should, this is going to be going to be a very interesting uh, go, going into. Also, I have to ask a question: How do you feel about the the giant the Giants' uh, their 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 defense this year? Because I it felt like we really got exposed how bad our defense was. Against maybe one of the tough, one of the toughest offenses, uh, the, the Eagles last year during the playoffs. Yeah, look, I, I mean, the, the Eagles did that to a lot of teams, though. To be fair, right? I mean, they were they were incredible last year offensively. I, I still think they're the favorites in the NFC. Like, they, I think the Giants, you know, they they're they're trying to improve, and maybe if you know Kayvon Thibodeau is better now in year two, and you get more out of some of the younger players on this team. That as they continue to develop, the defense could be better. But you know, this, this this team probably should be led by their offense, if we're being honest. Like, you know, you're paying the quarterback, once again, $40 million. So the defense is certainly a part of it. But if the offense doesn't take a bigger step, I don't know how much better the Giants could be, even if their defense improves. Yeah, very true. Very true. And I think, you, uh, you know, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he is a big, big factor for the Giants this season to see if uh, he could take that next step to becoming the elite pass rusher that uh, everybody thought. We saw a lot of flashes of that last year, and it would be nice to see if he can sustain that for a full season this year. And, no, no. Uh, yeah, so let, last two things before we let you go, Jake, and thank you so much for, for taking the time with us this morning. Um, I, I did want to touch on – this is a thought that had occurred to me the other day, you know, especially what's going on with the Mets and the Yankees and, uh, you know, our hockey teams and everything – is Brian Dable the uh, best coach or manager that we have in New York right now? What do you guys think? I think by default, he kind of is, right? I mean, who who would you rank <laughs> higher right now? You, you wouldn't rank either baseball manager. Uh, nope. I, look, I think Tom Thibodeau is a good coach, but I don't think he's better than what Dable showed you last year. Uh, I'm trying to mm-hmm. think. like You know, Robert Sala, I like him, but he's an unknown at this point. Um, 
you know, Jock Vaughn with the Nets. I don't know if you, we can really count him. I'm trying to think, you know, the hockey coaches, there's no way. Lane Lambert with the Islanders. The Rangers have a first, first, or they have a kind of first time head coach, but they have a new head coach in, you know, Peter Lavarette. Um, so I'm trying to think, you know, the Devils coach, right? Well, John Hines is the guy's name, or John Hines. So maybe, maybe he'd be in the conversation. But if you kind of run through the New York teams, I think it has to be Dable by default. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. And uh, oh, actually, no, the, uh, the the Devils' coach is Lindy Ruff now. Right, uh, right. Yeah, John Hine was the old guy. But but yeah, you know, you you're right about that. And even though I like Lindy Ruff, and he actually he's got a an incredible amount of wins as a, as a hockey coach, I'd still take Dable over him because you know from what we saw to Dable last year, the turnaround that he did with this Giants team, I I don't think um, you know anybody else, including what Buck did last year with the Mets, you know stands a chance to what Dable did last year. What do you think, Dan? I think so, too. He turned around a team that was just, I guess, the, the equivalent of a comedian bombing hard. <laughs> in a huge stretch of several shows, he turned his team around, and they won a playoff game against a team they were the heavily underdogs against. You know, that, that, that's a big thing, too. You're right, that the Giants actually won a playoff game last year, which even though the Mets won a playoff game, too, they weren't advancing to the next round. So And <laughs> and then, you know, obviously the Yankees got in the ALCS and ran into the uh, brick wall that is the Houston Astros. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's a uh, – you know, that's a uh, – yeah, so definitely Brian Dable is top of the mountain right now. And last thing before we let you get out of here, Jake, you know, and uh, I, I was a big fan of that old show on uh, on SNY Loudmouths, and they always would do the segment um, "Buy or Sell." So, buy or sell, both you guys this year, Jets and Giants, both make the playoffs. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm buying it. Uh, you know, it's July 22nd. I'm going to be optimistic on uh, this fine Saturday morning. So, I'm I'm buying it. Jets and Giants are both in the playoffs. Boom, Jake's in for both. What do you think, Dan? I think the same thing. I'm buying on this one. Both teams are going to make the playoffs. I think, and I, I'm not going to say go book your trip to Las Vegas, but I say you might want to have your computer, you know, eyeing it, you know, just in, you know, pre preparing, not guaranteed, but just you know, just constantly checking the prices on flights or probably a. Uh, Probably bus trips because you, you you know right off the back all flights to look from if, if that if the if possible happen all flights from New York to Las Vegas would be sold out in seconds so you'd be eyeing uh you're looking at travel options about how you're gonna get to Las Vegas but you're not gonna right away click the buy the buy option option on the on that on that trip. But, you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be constantly monitoring the prices, being ready. Man, so, so you, my friend, are eyeing a Subway Super Bowl. Okay, okay. I'll tell you this much, Dan. I'm I, I'm gonna be. I, I I agree with you guys. I'm buying it. I think the Jets and the Giants are both gonna make the playoffs. But I don't want to see you guys in the Super Bowl if the Jets make it. Because if the Jets make it, I just want the city to myself. Let's be honest. Agreed. <laughs> So, all right, boys. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think that's just, just about going to do it for us today. Jake, I can't thank you enough for taking the time with us this morning. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Uh, it's it's great talking to you. It's, you know, it's like getting my own personal Jake Asman show. So, 
So I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us. Jake, be, before we close it out, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, sure. Just check out the YouTube channel. Just search Jake Asman. If you like the Jets, you'll find daily content there. I appreciate you guys having me. This was fun. Absolutely. And m make sure to subscribe to Jake on Patreon. Great content on there. And if you're a Jets fan like me and you're going to Las Vegas, do yourself a favor. Stay at the Circa out there. Use Jake's code Jake15. And we're going to have a blast out there, Jake. I can't wait to get out there with you guys. It's going to be so much fun. Rob, I can't wait, man. I, I didn't even realize that you were staying at Circa, so that's uh, that's awesome. And I I don't know if you've ever been, but I promise you it's going to be an incredible weekend. So looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. And, uh, Dan, before we get out of here, any plugs for yourself as well? Sure. We got my plugs. Bobo103NYC on Twitter and a Bobo718DK on Instagram. Daniel Curlin on YouTube for all my little content, little funny videos. I even... I'm even in the works of probably putting together a funny sketch with a integrating Robert into 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 one of these sketches because there was a I filmed a sketch on YouTube that won a sketch competition on the East Side Dave show and I thought it was just I was rewatching and I gotta make another one. Very special thanks thanks to Jack, Jake Asman for doing our show with was such an honor to have someone who's a, who's a part of one of the one of the one of the biggest uh, sport sports podcasts out there. Our next show, our next clip is from from when around the time it was speculating that Aaron Rodgers was going to be coming to the Jets. Had, that trade hadn't been made yet, but we had a little fun commenting on on a learning about Aaron Rodgers going on his little darkness retreat. Hope, hope you guys enjoy this clip. This one was that de definitely made me laugh. Aaron Rodgers now is in his darkness retreat. I believe that that started today. Now, Aaron Rodgers got very angry at Ian Rappaport yesterday for suggesting that his darkness retreat started yesterday. And um, I guess it started today. But I did want to check in, Dan, because believe it or not, we have inside information of Aaron Rodgers at his darkness retreat right now. We actually have a camera in there right now. We're going to take a peek and let's see how that looks right now. Sure is spooky out here. Probably just a dog. <laughs> Kitty. Those headlight glasses. <laughs> and that that my friends is wraps up another great year of of doing of, of robert kramer and i doing betsy in the house podcast we hope we hope you all had a had a great 2023 even though not really no new york teams won a championship and here's to here's to a better year here's to a better year in 2024 
And I beg you, Mets, give me a championship for once. I don't ask for much. I just want to see the Mets win the World Series. Also, to all of you watching this, have a very happy and healthy and safe new year. Much love to all of you. We'll see you all in 2024. This has been the best of Best Seed in the House podcast, best of 2023.